0: America. You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about kumbaya and flat earth insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want
2: stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well... We've got sit down, comedy. It's time for coffee with a dog. You make me laugh.
0: Ah, coffee. Yeah, boom, boom, bang, oh, you could stop that over there, get I stop that over there, stop it. Good morning, people of Earth, welcome to Monday, it is Monday, uh February 12th, uh, 2024, Uh it's Abe Blinken's birthday, happy birthday, Abe, uh, you know, enjoy the play, or oh, whatever, um, and you know what? I'm not down with this whole president's day thing combining stuff. Because when I was a kid, we used to get Lincoln's birthday and Washington's birthday as separate holidays, and then they combined them. And now it's for all presidents. Like I'm not down with all presidents. I just like those two. I like Teddy Roosevelt. Anyway, um, well, the rest of them can go fuck themselves. I'm not wishing happy birthday or or what a happy day. To the rest of those assholes anyway I'm sorry I'm starting off on the wrong foot I'm sick again I don't leave my house for anything but gigs really I mean if I think about it maybe I go to the grocery store every once in a while but every time I go out for gigs I'm exposed to sick people and their germs and their bacterias and their viruses and their hematoma whatever melanoma Whatever, they're they're infecting me. And I don't like it. I'm a germaphobe now. They made me a germaphobe. Anyway, I don't know what happened last night. Uh, Maybe it was uh, Taylor Swift casting a satanic spell on me. Uh, Coughing and runny nose and sneezing. And I don't think it's COVID. I'm going to get tested today. I don't think it's COVID this time. I think it's just a shitty winter cold. But it could be a satanic spell. Uh, which if you in case you're living under a rock and don't know uh, since the game ended last night uh, there have been probably no exaggeration 200 or 300 different conspiracy theories about why <coughs> Taylor Swift is a agent of Satan and the football uh, the Super Bowl is just uh, one big satanic ritual uh, coming from symbols in the halftime show to guys who were with her to um, the address of the stadium being three 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 and Pat Mahomes throwing three hundred thirty three yards of passing equals six six six. So that means Satan was behind the whole thing. Why do you go? Why do you go? You're a Christian, right? You, you, why do you go to the game? Why do you support it? Well, you'll be back next year, and. Um, Taylor Swift might be back next year, too. That would be really fun. I don't get it, man. Um, Listen, if you don't like her, don't listen to her. If you don't, uh, whatever, man. Come on. Satan? Does Satan have to be involved in everything? Um, Speaking of Satan being involved in everything. I turned on Twitter this morning, and it was a porn site. I I shit you not. Now, I thought I was imagining things because I'm scrolling down and I see what looks like a a woman giving a blowjob. And I'm thinking this is uh, like a joke. He's going to pull it and it's not going to be a dick. No, it was a fucking dick. And um, then there were like 15 like hardcore porn um, tweets. They're not called tweets anymore. Just posts in a row. And I I was like, what the? And I just tweeted. It's Twitter now a porn site and by the time I got from the house into this cave turned on Twitter and it was all gone Uh, I think somebody might have hacked uh, the algorithm there or something a little bit this morning and I alerted them to it I don't know Um, I don't know about that anyway I am excited about this by the way we have uh, Taylor Taylor will be with us uh, at nine fifteen today yeah we got taylor um i am excited about the guests we have coming up on this week no, most notably brendan walsh tomorrow uh the late hour tomorrow the brendan walsh i'm really excited about having him on It'll probably be another three to five years before i get him back again uh so i'll make the most of that um but mike bit my uh, binder who is Academy Award-winning uh, director? Of rain on me. Remember Rain on me. Uh, Adam Sandler, uh, Robert Klein, uh, Don Cheadle. Cheadle, Cheadle, Cheadle. Cheadle. Um, rain on me. Um, or was it rain over me? Rain, rain. Uh, Adam Sandler plays a guy with PTSD. Anyway, from nine eleven and. Bah, 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 bah. That's a great movie. Adam. That's my favorite Adam Sandler movie, even though I can't tell you what the right name of it is. I think it's Rain on me. Um, he's the director of that movie. He's directed several movies, uh, award-winning director, and um, he's threatening to come back on the program. <laughs> threatening, I say, but I welcome him back. Uh, he is a friend of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and he has been on this program before, and uh, we argued a little bit about Roseanne being a batshit crazy because he likes Roseanne too. But um, he was quoting Dave Smith. <clears throat> Excuse me, I, I'm just I'm ready for the grave. He was quoting Dave Smith, Dave Smith, who calls himself a comedian. Who, let's face it, if if he's a comedian. G.D. Fenderson is the best comedian who ever lived. That's what I'll say about that. Uh. <laughs> Why did I have to drag G.D. into this? Um, because I'm mean and ugly and cold-hearted and and disgusting. I hate myself. Uh, Dave Smith is not a funny man. He, but he's also not a smart man. And he th- he's an egomaniac. And he likes to pass himself off as, as smart. And Mike Files, And Mike was uh, saying, oh, he's got it so right about the Ukraine invasion. And Dave's whole um, premise is that Biden is responsible. Joe Biden is responsible for Vladimir Putin invading uh, Ukraine because uh, Putin was uh, genuinely, see, I'm, I'm all fucked up this morning, genuinely, Scared that NATO was going to invade Russia. Because of the advancement of NATO, there was no other recourse but to uh, invade Ukraine. Now that is so fucking stupid just on its <laughs> on the basis of what he's saying there. Because if NATO wanted to invade Russia, uh, invading Ukraine would be a good excuse for NATO to go back at Russia now. We haven't been two years right or been a while I don't know it feels like two years two years next month I think anyway uh, so I tweeted something back and I'm like Dave Smith's an idiot and he said well you, wow you're you're really uh, passionate this morning or whatever he said do I have to come back on your show I was like uh, my first response was like seriously dude think about what he's saying he, this is the stupidest fucking uh, conspiracy theory on a Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday morning before we get to the tales with Satan things. And, uh, but then I thought about it. I said, yeah, of course, you, know, you should come back on the show. I welcome you on the show. Listen, to anybody with that kind of prestige, by the way, before he was a, a, a Academy Award winning director, uh, he was also a stand-up comic and is doing stand-up comedy again. So yeah, I welcome him on the show. But he's also a friend of RFQ. Or if if he comes on the show, I will respectfully call him Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's a good friend of him and, and known him for his entire life. And I would love to talk to him about what I will continue to call Q, RFQ, until he comes back on the show. I would love to talk to him about that because according to RFQ's friends and people who know him, All the negative press about RFQ is just a hit piece. He's not really the the crazy, rotten, disgusting person that we've heard about for the last 40 years, long before he ever ran for president or was even thinking about running for president. I want to talk to somebody who's known him for that long and say, you know, were they making it up 40 years before he decided to run for president as a, a political hit job? Or is a lot of that stuff true? I'm talking about the stuff about... You know, assaulting uh, an old man, robbing his car, beating him up, uh, whipping his dick out in front of strangers, uh, telling his wife to kill herself well, because she wouldn't have a threesome. All those, you know, this on and on and on. Crazy, you know, creepy RFQ shit. Were they making that stuff up for the last 40 years? Not knowing he, or knowing in advance he was going to run for president? And let's just get all this shit on him just in case. Anyway, I'd love to talk to Mike. Uh, so he's threatening to come on the program. I say he's threatening to come back on the program. That would be good. Um, but tomorrow, I'm looking forward to uh, Brendan Walsh. And a week from tomorrow, Matt Knutson. Uh, things are looking I'm happy about when I get, get, listen, not to denigrate any of the other guests that come on the program. But when I have people that I've really wanted on the program come back on the program, I get a little excited, a little happy. Yeah, me, happy. Imagine that. Anyway, uh Willie is with us. uh Speaking of happy, happy Willie. Wait, I left and we lost GD. He's gone. Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, he disappeared a few seconds ago. I don't know what happened. Was that
0: because I, I said this stuff about Dave Smith and him? He's coming no, back now.
1: I don't think so.
0: I don't think that uh, was So we, we got Rick. Oh, I'm going to say this in case he's listening. He will be listening in a second. We got Dave Smith coming on to take GD's place. uh oh he's here anyway oh anyway good morning gd uh good morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sound. listen to that
3: yeah yeah uh, uh dude, one one two things real quick uh-oh the only thing sadder than an empty coffee cup in the morning is knowing that valentine's day is around the corner and you don't have a gift what <laughs> are your mind order your uh mind dog tv lingerie today
0: uh, you want to oh. show You want to show us what the lingerie looks like? Oh, no.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's... You um, know... I kind of, <laughs> I, I'll do that at, after the next commercial break because it's in the other room. I, oh, okay. Back, put it uh, on.
1: back when I had my own website uh, and I had some merch on there and stuff, I actually had... We called it the Conway's Kiss, and it was a bikini that had my fucking face all over it. It was fucking ridiculous.
0: Oh, you should have called it the Conway Twitties. Conway titties. Conway titties. Uh,
3: I don't know. Can I, can I correct something real quick? Yeah, just for the record, two things. First no. of all, the address to where the Super Bowl was held was 3333 Al Davis Way. So adding 333 for the address and 333 for how many yards? What's the space through? Doesn't work because they altered the reality to match their. No, well, kidding, they kidding. cut a three
0: off? Is that what you're saying? There were four threes and they made it three threes? Yeah, four
3: threes? right. And the other thing is, I'm not the best comedian in the world. Let's, let's get that straight. I am the best certified forensic humorist ever.
0: Well, I was so. just saying, if Dave Smith is can call himself a comic at all, a comedian at all. Uh, okay,
3: gotcha, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. I understand, Dave, I understand. I don't know that, if you've ever yeah. seen
0: Dave Smith, but he's he is uh, not fun. He couldn't find a joke if you know he had a, a Jackie Martin joke <laughs> book in front of him. He could. He's just terrible. And okay. I understand. He's a lot like me. Then he no. He's no. You are according compared to him. You are Richard Pryor, George Collin, and Robin Williams all rolled into one.
1: Wow, that's wow. about right. Yeah, nice. So I mean, he's terrible. Dead, it can't be that dead, bad.
0: Dead. Ha- have you never seen him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously, you've never seen him. He's that bad. Uh,
1: but because he, no, no, hang on. I remember when I first, uh, when I first moved out to LA in 2003, um, uh, there was this guy, he was an older guy, and he was from the New York area, but he was going to a bunch of mics in the LA area at the time. That was me, and literally literally the only thing this guy would do is he would get up on stage and he would look at somebody and he'd be like, I need attention. And like he would increase the intensity of how he said that as he moved from like person to person. Like, it's the only thing I remember him doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that occasionally he said some other things, but the only thing that I really remember about the guy is he would get up on stage and he would just yell at the crowd, I need attention. Wow. And that was that was his routine. Well, like, Dave Dave Smith
0: likes to think of himself as an intellectual. And he, he does a com what he calls a comedy act, but all he's doing is trying to show off how smart he thinks he is, but he's wrong about every fucking thing he says. Everything he yeah. says. But I think we live in an age where if you say it with enough certainty, some people, people will believe, believe you. you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You just got to sell the story. Yeah, yeah. He's been a frequent guest
0: on Rogan, and Rogan yeah. Rogan sucks up everything he says as if he's like Professor Smith. Uh, but he's he's just you know what? Maybe I should stop now, but because it sounds like I just hate Dave Smith. I don't really hate Dave Smith, but <laughs> the point is that what he was saying to Mike Binder, or what he said on Twitter that Mike Binder was uh, agreeing with, was just such a fucking ridiculous idea that Putin invaded Ukraine because he was genuinely scared that NATO was going to invade Russia. So let me start a war and give them an excuse to, to invade Russia. And then we haven't done it. And so that's that's his, his whole, you know, it's not thought out at all. It's like, if I were going to do something like that, why would I, if I was generally afraid that I was going to get invaded, I would start diplomacy first. I put up, I'd defend my own borders. I wouldn't go invading another country and, and sending my army over there <laughs> when I'm thinking I'm going to get invaded. I would put the army around Moscow. <laughs> That's what I would do.
1: Uh, speaking of being invaded, uh, it sounds like you guys are going to get invaded by a snowstorm. Did you know that you got a big snowstorm coming your way? No yeah, winter no, no. yeah.
0: No. 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 Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I oh. know. That
3: I know. I know. It's overcast outside, but that's I haven't looked at the weather yet because of the no, snow. No. Starting
1: Monday evening. Starting Monday evening. You guys are about to get blasted. Uh, when you say Monday evening. Do you mean this Monday evening or next? Yeah, Monday the, Yeah. Yeah. Tonight. Like starting tonight and into into Tuesday.
0: We got rain, rain, rain. It's forty. 40- 40 degrees, 44 degrees. It
1: did say, so yeah, Long Island, Long Island is probably going to lug out, but they did say that the New York uh, metro area. Uh, who gave the fuck
0: get, about New York? I'm not so yeah, part of probably New York.
1: going to get like two to five <laughs> inches possibly. Uh, they said that the Jersey Shore could experience a, a, quite a bit of flooding possibly uh, during the high tide. Oh, uh, who gave uh, the fuck about afternoon? Jersey?
0: Nobody gives a fuck <laughs> about Jersey. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? We care about Wetumpka, Alabama. Our, our guest is here. Uh, he's from Wetumpka, Alabama. They're not going to get snow. They're going to get summertime uh, weather very soon. It's going to be springtime there in a minute, in, literally in a minute. Anyway, before we bring him in, and um, a couple of things I wanted to talk about before we, we get to him, really. Uh, the earthquakes, California, uh, last week, California, Hawaii, I think, uh, Northern Washington State all got earthquakes in the same day. Uh, California, uh, Southern California had a 4.6. Hawaii had a 5.7. But they had a map of all earthquakes in the last week around the uh, western coast of the United States, up through Canada, up through Alaska, and then the eastern coast of Asia. Like, uh, like 200, almost 200, excuse me, 200 earthquakes within a week fucking bizarre like what's going on with that like we had one here yeah we we had one here like three months ago four months ago or something i didn't feel it at all we had one here 10 years ago i felt it i was sick for about a week over there i was working in a uh a studio that was in, in this big old barn and I saw the entire building go go lopsided and stand back up while I was inside of it. I was like, "Whoa!" And then I was literally physically sick. I can't believe the people in L.A. just take it like, "Ah, did you feel that earthquake?" And they took to the Twitter right away. Yeah, and they're showing video of it. Yeah, really cool. Like it's nothing. Uh,
3: I was I was I was on I was working on a lady's roof. Uh, I was off a ladder on a lady's roof during during a earthquake. And when I came, I mean, I came down like as soon as I could, and I ran in the house, and the lady goes, did you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Was this in Maryland? Yeah, and I said, ma'am, no, that was an earthquake. She goes, no, we don't have earthquakes in Maryland. I said, no, we do. We just don't know it. No, Because they usually, it's like very small. That one was like pretty, and it was uh, like, I think we had another one like earlier, like maybe a few months earlier because that one I was actually sitting on the toilet when it happened. <laughs> and you talk Did about you it? Get wet? <laughs> the house is shaking. I'm like, what the fuck? And my cat I've been comes running
0: about in.
1: Getting splashed from toilet water. Yeah, well, that
0: might help help things along, like making them a, a little bit of an easier shit. I think. Like, whoa, that was that was good.
1: Yeah, I- shake it right out of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that was. That was like, a little earthquake in the
0: morning helps things to get started. Uh, well, let's put it this
1: way: I was on, the, I was in the right
3: place for for an earthquake because, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'd, rather, I'd rather shit the toilet
0: than shit my pants. Basically. All right. Speaking of the bowl, did either you guys watch the bowl? I did. I mean,
1: I, I, I kind of watched it as I dozed off. Uh, I fell asleep during the game. So.
0: Oh. Now, I people, I, of course, I couldn't watch it even if I wanted to because I don't have television uh i guess i could have found a you way to watched it on, it. Ubi, on
3: the YouTube. you yeah, could have watched
0: it online yeah i probably could have found a way to buy it and watch it online if i were interested in it um but uh, according to a lot of people they were saying it was boring i was like it doesn't sound like boring it sounds like an overtime game won in the last six yeah. seconds doesn't sound
1: boring to three, me at all yeah
3: the last three yeah. seconds three seconds left on the clock when they won the when they scored
1: the last touchdown what about com- I commercials? Because it was boring. I fell asleep. Two the, the, the commercials sucked. I um, had a yesterday.
3: The commercials sucked. And the one commercial that sucked the most was the one for Robert Kennedy. What they did was they took the old Kennedy for president, the old Kennedy ad television ad black and white, and he just wow. superimposed his face
0: gotcha. In yeah.
3: in all the artwork.
0: He apologized so, for Kennedy, that this morning. Oh, he said he had no he said he had no part in that that was a super PAC that, that put it together and he, by law he's not right. allowed to communicate with this super PAC or something
3: yeah right by law yeah, by law they're not allowed but we know that by practical use they all do it they find ways to do it they send out a tweet that says yeah, I'm going to do so and so and then the, the people who can't communicate with you see the tweet and go oh no, then they send out their tweets, so they're communicating through a third party. They here, here it is. I'm,
0: I'm, Let me read you his apology. I'm so sorry if the Super Bowl advertisement caused anyone in my family pain. The ad was created and aired by American Values Super PAC without any involvement or approval from my campaign. FEC rules prohibit Super PACs from consulting with me or my staff. I love you all. Goodbye. Now, they've all denounced him long ago, the family. They've endorsed Biden, so I don't know why he's even bothering that. But here's my last take on that, and we'll get to a commercial and get to a guest. In order for anybody to remember or have any emotional attachment to that original commercial, you'd have to be at least 70 years old. I mean, I was alive when that commercial aired, but I can't remember it. Was, I was probably one when that commercial originally aired, one year old. Uh, so I don't, and I'm an old man. Uh, so for anybody to really remember, you'd have to be like 75 years old, and even then you weren't voting. So people were voting then more like 80. <laughs> you know, So I, I and half of them, most of them are dead. So I mean, well, who, I who are you trying
3: remember. to... I remember that commercial because I saw it the same night that I saw Zsa Zsa Gabor with her cat. Oh, my God. Oh, um, <laughs> on the Johnny Carson show. It was the same night. that They, they aired both of them the same night.
0: I remember that vividly. Uh, I Well, now we know you're lying because Johnny Carson did not have the Tonight Show. Uh, Johnny Carson was oh, a game I show can, host. We could, we could agree to disagree. Johnny Carson was a game show host when, when that ad originally. Yeah. Out, so.
3: yeah, yeah, right. We could agree uh, to
0: disagree. Yeah, we can agree. We can agree to disagree, or we can disagree yeah. to agree. Um, so this week we have a lot of uh, military guy. You know, military people in comedy. There's a, seems to be a lot of it. Uh, we, by the way, I haven't heard from Robert Taylor in in a age. No offense. Uh, <laughs> Willie, Willie's not offended. <laughs> Willie's not offended. Uh, I mean, a raccoon. I mean, <laughs> a raccoon. Yeah, when,
1: when, when he said that, I was like, uh, uh I'm, I'm you know, for. this is February, Matt. You ought not talk that way.
0: Right. Uh,
3: rac- that's what the C stands for the one will coon. Everybody well, knows that.
0: Appa- appa- <laughs> apparently, apparently, raccoons live a very long life. That's where that statement comes from. I did not know that in the coon days. Um, uh, it depends. And, uh, I've never, I do I've never really asked a raccoon how old it was, so I don't really know how how they make that determination. But we have today, we have an active Navy comedian on. We've had uh, later in the week, we have an active Army uh, comedian. We've had lots of. Why aren't of they at the border? Comedians. Why aren't uh,
3: they at the border?
0: We'll, we'll ask that because uh, well, it's or de- a disaster. They should
3: be at the border.
0: Well, we'll Telling ask about deployments and all that stuff and when we get them in here in just one minute really take a short commercial here the shortest commercial we have which is neo we're gonna and this is all all this goes to uh, helping our lord and lady so by the way nobody's taking I mean, what we need is a testimonial from somebody who's used uh uh neo luminar uh and really helped sell this stuff but neo luminar is uh, the way to go Destroy, flashlight.
4: I'm away. I'm okay. Wow. Fix it.
5: With a precise depth map, I can relight my photo naturally in 3D space. Luminar lets me bring my boldest ideas to life. Amazing. And enjoy them. Luminar Neo. Create more.
0: All right, the link is in the description. Just go to the homepage, and the banner's right at the top of the homepage, and, and click on that and help support a lord and his lady. Uh, great software, and it's cheaper than Photoshop, and it's uh, much easier to use in Photoshop. Uh, listen, I'm an average Photoshop guy my whole life. I love Photoshop, but Neo Luminar is kicking ass, so check it out. And it, I think there's a free trial. Is there a free trial, Willie? You know?
1: It, it It's already ended. It was only for 10 days.
0: Awesome. All right. And, uh, uh,
1: the twenty of January. Our,
0: our first guest this morning, and I, wow, I didn't realize how late we were. It's twenty eight minutes in already. Uh, Taylor, not Taylor Swift. Sorry, folks. I know I teased you with that. Taylor Dunn is a stand up comedian from Wetumpka, Alabama, which is fun to say. Can you I say Wetumpka, Alabama?
3: Wetumpka,
0: Alabama. Uh, you don't say it well. And a full-time active <laughs> serviceman in the U.S. Navy. He's here now. Welcome in, Taylor Dunn. Taylor Dunn. Uh, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. What kind of spaceship are you in, man? That's uh, that's uh, very cool. You're looking in like you're in Woody Allen's Sleeper or something.
2: This is the guest room of my house. So <laughs> <laughs> I figured this was the best place for... Uh, you know sound suppression oh <laughs> it looks like a cool it looks like you're in a spaceship it looks very a futuristic background or something very cool <laughs> my setup here is literally i'm sitting this on top of a box and i'm sitting up against the wall so you don't see all the decorations my wife put up on the on the wall above the bed but this was the best room in the house for sound so <laughs> very cool
0: now uh your act active navy in Wetumpka, alabama is that uh, i there's no like ocean near you, right?
2: Where, what are you doing? So, <laughs> I'm, so I'm from Wetumpka, Alabama, originally. Uh, I joined the Navy out of there in 2014, but I'm actually stationed right now in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Oh, there's an ocean there.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, water, much, <laughs> yeah, much
2: water there. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm actually on a Tinker Air Force Base. Ah. Um can you talk about that? Can you talk about what what you do out there? Uh not really. The uh <laughs> the details of the command are pretty uh sealed up tight. Um but yeah, I work on an aircraft. That's about all I can say. Wow. Um now
1: now hang on, hang on. I gotta ask you a question here. Is the it- Is it an aircraft that we reverse engineered? Do you work on one of those aircraft?
0: It's an alien
2: craft.
1: No, non human biologics. I'll tell you this the aircraft that
2: we, it's it's not reverse engineered. It would probably be even worse if we did because the aircraft itself is extremely old, but because the Navy doesn't want to like, spend any money on anything they just keep using the same parts over and over and over again so the aircraft is probably around 70 years old
0: oh we don't want to get you in trouble we should stop right oh, there
2: huh? no, you're just, <laughs> no, <you're> just, <laughs> believe me i wouldn't say anything that's going to get me in trouble okay uh he's, he's but, yeah so um
0: that, so now comedy wise you're, you're a full-time service uh, person uh, you, you get comedy shows. Is there a possibility that you can't make the show because uh, I just got called in and I got to, you know, I got to be on the base
2: or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, all the time. Um, pretty much. I The reason I pick these orders is because it's relatively lax as far as my deployment schedule. We don't really deploy all that much. Um, but with that being said, I always let people know, If I'm booked on a show somewhere, I'm like, hey, just keep in mind, you know, I am in the military. And if I get a phone call saying, hey, guess what? You got to come in. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to be there. But for the most part, I pretty much I make a good 90 percent of every show I get booked on. All
0: in Oklahoma City area. area.
2: So uh, before I was here, I was actually stationed in San Diego, uh, California, for about three years. I got there in late 2019 and we enjoyed it for about six months and then obviously you know what happened around March of 2020 and it wasn't too much fun uh, I really started to hate it while we were out there but as things started opening up I actually started getting into producing shows and that's I really started to enjoy that just simply because it gave me the opportunity to kind of play with different time slots and you know I Some of the biggest opportunities that I've had so far from shows that I personally have produced.
0: Uh, Now, before I was going to ask you about, uh, you know, getting into comedy and how long you're going to be in the military and your plans after that. But now you're talking about producing. I have to I have to take a tangent here because I've been uh, trying to dip my toe in the water of producing comedy shows and every place I approach about doing stuff, I'm on the hook for the uh, financials of the night. In other words, to put on a show on a weekend night, if I wanna put on the comedians that I wanna put on, they're telling them I have to put down, I have to guarantee $12,000 for a door uh, or or $12,000 for the night. Uh, Is that part of producing as far as, (laughs) do you have to deal with that? Like they won't meet you halfway?
2: All the time. I've, I've played with a couple of different venues. Uh, I originally started producing in this small little art gallery on Coronado, which was actually where the base that I was stationed on was, um, and it only sat about 80 people, but I had so many comedians. I could pull from, I could bring people down from LA. I got comics in the San Diego area to come do it. And, uh, it was really successful. And I was able to work with the laugh factory in San Diego. And uh, the deal that I have with them is we did a 50, 50 cut of the door, but I was financially responsible for all the other comedians and the promotion and things like that. And um, after it was all said and done, I made a, a decent profit. So it's really just about finding like what the sweet spot is between, okay, you don't want to be too far in the hole. Like, you know, okay, I've got to sell 250 tickets just to break even like i try to find ways to do it now where you know let's say a venue seats 1200 people but they don't have a lot of events happening there um i'll tell them like how much money are you going to make off of this room if you have nothing going on on this saturday night the answer is zero right well if i bring in a couple of comedians and let's say we just we sell it out at twenty dollars a ticket If you make 30 percent of that, plus all of the drinks you're selling and the food you're selling and all of that, wouldn't that be better than not making any money at all? And they're like, yeah, that does sound pretty good. And I'm like, okay, so you take 30 percent of the door. I take 70. I pay the comedians out of my end and we'll call it a day. And that makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I could see that
0: working for i've quite often i've been
3: paid out of the the other comedians end, and that's why i get paid um so (laughs) my 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 question is uh why doesn't matt have a question well
0: my my thing while i'm getting echoed that's why i'm hearing like myself four times over every time i speak here um because i could see that working in an art gallery but here there is never a uh a comedy club that is not doing very well on a Saturday night, but it's almost name-recognition, built on name recognition. They have a headliner that has name recognition that people are going to go see. There's only so many people in the in the country that really can have that drawing power that can bring in three hundred p- people or more. Uh, and that's the difficult part. Those people want big money, and and then you can mis- <laughs> mistreat the feature and opener <laughs> if you're if you're diabolical like that. I I don't know, but it it's, it seems to be a challenge. I'm not. Maybe it's because I want to start too big in comedy club, an art gallery or something like that. Yeah, that's conceivable that like you can have comedians that really don't have any name draw. But that's the big problem with me. It's like you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not going to guarantee $12,000 on a night and ask people to come to see comedians that they've never heard of. Like, why should I, you know, and a lot, a lot of people I talk to have this perception that, "Ah, stand up comedy, anybody could do that. I'm funny. I'm funnier than those people. So if it's somebody I never heard of, I'm certainly not laying out some money for a ticket for somebody I, you know, it's not going to really make me laugh. It's, it's a difficult thing for me. I don't know. Maybe it's just the area. Maybe it's New York. Uh, are you getting headliners uh, on this, on your shows, like
2: name recognition headliners? Oh yeah. I've definitely worked with especially when I was out in California, I worked with, uh, Zoltan Casas. He came and headlined to the art gallery one time, uh, Mark Christopher Lawrence, who was in like the pursuit of happiness. And he was on that show. Chuck, he came and headlined there. Um, and then I worked with David Lucas at the San Diego Laugh Factory. Um, he's like on Kill Tony, and he opens for yeah, yeah. all those guys occasionally. And he actually, funny thing about him, uh, when I was transferring from San Diego to Oklahoma, I went down to San Diego, or I went down to Watumpka for about a month and was on leave. And I decided to produce like a hometown show and then Watumpka. The closest comedy club is like two and a half hours away and i actually got I him to come in no,
6: no, to Atlanta. Atlanta.
0: it's you that's being the echo man you're the echo man oh. uh.
2: <laughs> there is a i will say this there is a comedy scene developing in, in montgomery um i got a good buddy that i went to school with and you know he's been Producing shows at several different venues, and they are starting to get some like touring acts that will swing through town. And you know they'll do some of the smaller venues, but there's not like a, a straight up comedy club in Montgomery. Right. What about with the
3: Platteville, Sweetville off to the west? Or was, I'm just teasing. That's that's like a real pull town.
2: That's well, we can yeah. get rid of him if you want. The closest one is the, uh, the closest one is the Stardom Comedy Club in Birmingham, Alabama. And that's actually where I started doing stand-up. I have a
0: friend in okay. Huntsville who's doing very well. Uh, he said, yeah, he they, said, have, they have a club up there. Right. Um, so, Navy, how much? Uh, you, you're a lifer, I'm guessing. You're uh, going to be a 20-year man at least, right?
2: I mean, is that the plan? or? Well, uh, so this October, I'll hit my 10-year mark. And so far, I've been pretty lucky with uh, where I've gotten to go. I've I've yet to be on a ship in my nine-plus years in the Navy. My first duty station was in Gulfport, Mississippi. I was with the Seabees Construction Battalion for five years, and I loved that. Um, Then I went out west, went to San Diego for three years. Didn't like that as much, but got to do a lot more comedy out there and now being in Oklahoma until 2026 it it really just depends every time I've gone to re-enlist it always is like incentivized with something to the point where it's like well, it wouldn't be stupid for me to get out now let me just push it a few more years and we'll see what happens so probably yeah. I had to, as a reasonable thinking person I'd say yeah probably I mean I'll probably finish it out and do my 20 and get that retirement check. But I mean, who knows? It just, it really just depends. Right. Well, I've had doctors and lawyers, excuse me, let me finish
0: this thought. Uh, I've had lots of doctors and lawyers who go to school, get their degrees, you know, get all this college debt, and then decide to give up that career uh, to be a comedian. And so, you know, the security for them, is really difficult because they've built up all that debt from college from, from all their schooling and all that stuff but i think even more so i mean you get used to that government check and let's face it starting in comedy you're going to be starting at less than minimum wage <laughs> making really shitty i saw a comedian uh last night who i was watching uh, uh reviewing some stuff on youtube and the guy was talking about how his teachers were put uh, uh, didn't have any faith in him and he went back to his hip-hop days where some rapper said, yeah, I'm making seven times what you make in a year. I'm making a day and all that kind of stuff. And he went back to that teacher and said, yeah, well, well, you remember you didn't believe in me? What you make in a year? I almost make in a year. So there, I mean, so that, that's the life of a comedian if you're going to be realistic about it. Like, you're going to make $20,000 if you're lucky in your first year, which is difficult to walk, uh, to walk away from a solid, steady paycheck for... The life of a comedian. It's, it's, it's a tough decision, right? It's got to make so you it, that compels you to stay in. But can you ever really be a full-time comedian? Can you ever follow, pursue your dream fully uh, with, with holding on to the safety line?
2: I mean, probably not. But at the same time, I don't know a lot of people that got out Immediately, I mean, yeah, of course, you hear these wild success stories of people that, you know, very good example. Zach Bryan, the country singer, he right. was in the Navy up until the point he got so famous that they literally sat him down and they were like, hey, you should probably get out. And wow. He out I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in the Navy up until like two years ago. And they just called him in one day and they were like, hey, so uh, you're like number one on the country music charts, like it'd probably be a good idea for you to just go ahead and get out. And he didn't want to, you know, his dad was a retired master chief. He, you know, was thinking like, Oh, I'm going to be military for the rest of my days. And, you know, I just like playing music on the side, but he got so wildly successful from it that it would be stupid for him to just stay in the Navy. And obviously now he's one of the biggest names in country music. So Unless something yeah. like that happens, I'll still be showing up to muster at six o'clock tomorrow morning. But um, no, I, I have a lot of freedom to, you know, do what I like to do, you know, especially with the internet nowadays, a 60 second clip on Instagram might get more views than a Netflix comedy special at this point. So it really kind of opens you up to being able to do something like, being in the Navy full time and then still have a pretty successful comedy career on the side. So, right. right. Um, now, do
1: you think about doing like USO stuff or performing for, you know, bases and troops and stuff like that? Is that something that's on your radar?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm actually the event coordinator for my command. And one of the big things that they are asking about is like, are you, are you going to do a comedy show here? And, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's just all about finding the right time. And, you know, as you know, it's a little bit different than a comedy show you might see at the comedy club. Like there, <laughs> for some reason, there's a yeah. lot of tape about what you can say and what you can't. Um, but as far as the USO and stuff like that goes, um, it's just about talking to the right people at the right times. So I know in San Diego um, it was huge and I had a lot of, Uh, friends in the area that did a lot of stuff with the USO and they would fly some of them out to the bases to do shows. And I'd be like, how do I get on this? And unfortunately I wasn't able to, but that, yeah, absolutely. I would, I would love to do the USO shows. Were you a comedian before you Uh, got in the Navy? uh, Yes. I actually started when I was 18 years old, um, right out of high school. Uh, Just something I wanted to try and, I went up to Birmingham, Alabama, and it was like a open mic competition, and you just had five minutes. And because it was in the Bible Belt, it was you had to sign an NDA of like you will not say these words. Wow! So it was squeaky clean, but I I was eighteen years old. Words? What words were you not allowed to say? There's a list on George Collins' album. Oh, you know, it's shit, fuck, you know, pretty much anything you couldn't say on like daytime television wow. was everything you weren't allowed to say. You couldn't say anything homophobic, use any racial slurs, which, you know, honestly, I don't really feel like you should say that most of the time, Wait, but that's just Berkeley, me.
3: In, in <laughs> Alabama, you're not allowed to use racial slurs on stage, but you can use them in the street. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I would not say you're allowed to. <laughs>
3: I wouldn't really? say you're allowed really? to, but no, I, I'm pretty sure it's encouraged. The, the I mean, I've been to Alabama. I'm pretty sure I've been to Alabama. I've been to Alabama, and I, I'm pretty sure they were encouraged to call me the things they were encouraged to call me. It's <laughs> almost like a pre But But they but so they can be, like, right in front of the club. they hey, nigger. Why don't you but, go inside the club, and then I go inside the club, and they'll go, "Excuse me, N-word. You're not as funny as I thought."
0: Well, it's probably because of your crackling, not because of your skin color, but because every time you talk, it comes out crackly.
1: That's why we call them Cracker. Yeah. Oh. So See, now that's not crackly. That's that salty hair.
0: You Cracker. Um. Anyway, you stop crackling. So good. Stay where you are. Don't move. All right. Yeah, don't be moving.
1: Yeah, yeah. Of
0: course. Um, and then what's he doing? He just moves. You know? We, uh, as, as I mentioned before, we brought you on. I have a, uh, an army comedian coming on Wednesday. Uh, I've had a couple of Marines, uh, lots of people in the military. Uh, the question, and Robert Taylor, who was a regular on the program, who is now like MIA. I think he's he's a, he's a POW MIA in somewhere in South Carolina. Uh, <coughs> He, he basically does a lot of uh, military-themed shows. He does shows on bases. The question I have, because in the old days, my father's day in the military, Army and Navy didn't get along. There would always be a fight. My brother is still an old-school Marine uh, and uh, tends to think, like, you know, the Navy is bad guys. Have you done shows, like mixed-service uh, mixed shows, com- comedy shows? And is there a rivalry between uh the services
2: <laughs> i definitely so i've done when i was in san diego i had the opportunity to produce a show at the laugh factory and we called it laugh factory's got your six to where pretty much anybody that was military your tickets were 50% off and um we i mean we had marines air force a lot of navy because that's primarily san diego is navy come into the shows and I I personally don't get the rivalry. Um, you know, I have friends that I went to high school with that are army and, you know, we'll talk to each other from, you know, time to time and it's you know, we just talk about our different experiences and stuff like that. But as far as rivalry goes, I I don't really see I never got uh, it either.
6: uh,
3: We're all getting paid by the same person. Maybe it's not a matter of like defending the country kind of rivalry, but more like a sports thing. Like, because uh, like but, the Army Navy game, that's like a pretty big deal,
0: you know. But, yeah, but I agree. I think yeah, that's Army. where it comes from, that kind of rivalry. But I never understood the well, we need to get in a brawl with these guys, an actual, you know, rumble. <laughs> and there's a lot of that. Well, they now, used to well, turn also, out. There, yeah. uh,
3: there was a. I'm sorry. Go ahead go, go oh, ahead no go, go i'll ahead. tell you
2: this so like the marines work with the navy a lot um right. anytime i'm at a bar and i see a group of marines and they'll they'll see the haircut and they'll be like are, are you in the military i'm like yeah i'm in the navy and you'll see their faces light up and they'll be like tell us you're a doc which is a corpsman and the corpsmen pretty much exclusively work with the Marines. I do that. I don't pay for a drink for the rest of the night. Wow. Well, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I'm a doc, which really isn't my job. But
3: being that they're Marine in your are Navy, do you have to give them a ride home at the end of the night? Because they don't have any transportation
2: <laughs> of their own, right? We have, I mean, we all are trying to find a ride home. That's the beautiful thing about Uber. Like, I'm not fit to drive either, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is your, your wife
1: supportive of the comedy stuff?
2: Absolutely. Yes. Yes. She, uh, uh, you know, anytime I'm like feeling like oh I'm so tired from work I, I don't think I'm going to go do these shows. She's like no you should go do them. Uh, so she's kind of like that angel on my shoulder that's like no go do them go go do the show. Very so, very yeah, important super, super as to my daughter who is eight. Um, no, I, is your wife
3: like that because she wants you out of the house because she's tired of hearing the jokes and she wants <laughs> you telling to someone else? Or she actually just sees potential in what you do and is encouraging you that way?
2: She will get tired of me talking about comedy because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a huge comedy nerd. And so she gets full blast of it all day. So I'll be talking to her about like stuff that's happening at venues and oh my god, you won't believe what this guy said while I was on stage, and then you know, you can see it starting to drain on her after a while. But all in all, she is very supportive. Uh, there's like
1: a, there's what like a the half time. eye roll to the side, and then <laughs> right,
0: um, yeah, a little, <laughs> uh. Where, do you, does she know the comedian? Because you say you're a comedy nerd, and I'm assuming that you know at least more comedians than uh, uh, current working comedians than GD does, which would be one. Um, right. But, uh, like, does she know the name? Because my wife wouldn't know the names. of I, Because I talk about comedians all the time, and she's like, I don't know who that is. I'm like, how can you not know who that Bill Burr is? Or, uh, you know, people like that. Um, does your wife know the names of the comedians that you talk about?
2: What's so for the most part? Yeah, it's kind of like you just described, like I have to be like, oh, you got to listen to this guy. And you can kind of tell like, she's like, well, he's okay. But what worries me is when she's like, oh, you got to listen to this comedian. And it's somebody like Matt Reif. And I'm like, oh, I know why you like him. You know.
6: That's why
2: I don't understand.
0: I don't get that why. Uh, he's a, he's a ladies' man comedian. He, uh, Matt Reif is...
1: Yeah. <laughs> tickles he's okay.
0: When I said to, because people were on Facebook, uh, complaining about him, I said, Matt Reif, uh, I don't think he's a great comedian. I don't think he's a terrible comedian. I think if it, without the plastic surgery and the gym membership, he would be a feature at a, uh, club in Indiana. Uh, but he's a headliner for, uh 35 to 50 year old women because he's got he had a new jaw put in a manly jaw put on his face he had lots of plastic surgery to redo his face and he, he works out constantly on you know being like a marky mark buff guy and that's what he plays so, on.
3: do you think does he work out more on his muscles or his material
0: definitely on, on he's in the gym every day uh (laughs) i don't think he's doing new material every day most of it uh, he does like 10 minutes of material and 50 minutes of crowd work uh so but he's got a lot of ladies a lot of ladies in in this that's what the guy who had the uh the porn star get arrested last week in in the crowd i was talking about matt that's matt right yeah Uh,
1: right,
0: right yeah right yeah so yeah, so you know what? The,
3: the I don't. Lady, the, the lady that wasn't recording the set, but got rec- arrested for recording the set.
0: Yeah, That's I played lady. a bunch of different stories on that right now. Who knows what's real? But I'm not sure you can you can build a career on just having that kind of demographic, especially a, a long term career. Because listen, he's going to get older, and he's not. You know, he's not going to be the boy toy twenty years from now. So I don't know. This is. Because it, it's going to you know,
1: be. I mean, play the eighty-year-old yeah, women like Matt Damon and Brad Pitt and stuff like that. Yeah,
3: and they're also going to get older with I mean, him, so it's going to be a gradual thing. thing. Yeah, they'll still see him as the way he was back then, kind of men. Unfortunately, men when they get older become distinguished, and women become expendable. I I think that's I think that's what Will said.
4: Well, that said was that. definitely Greenville. not
3: to multiply.
0: Yeah, that is just a was Um, so who would who would you say uh like are your influences? Or like because yeah. everybody and a lot of comedians don't like and, and I know asking influences is a really shitty hack question for a whole, but a lot of comedians don't want to talk about uh necessarily who they were influenced by because they feel like that's saying that they were copying that person. Not necessarily copying that person, but Everybody had, like, people you saw when you were young that you thought, wow, that, that's cool. I could do that. Uh, storytellers,
2: like, well, jokesmiths? Joke uh, so for me, my very, my very first, like, influences, I loved Jim Carrey growing up. Um, I remember being, like, four and five years old watching Ace Ventura thinking it was the funniest thing ever. I've always been a huge fan of Jim Carrey, um, Robin Williams things like that and then as I started getting a little bit older I remember being like nine years old and staying up late to watch Comedy Central uncut and people like Dave Chappelle Dave Chappelle has always been you know on my route Mount Rushmore um, but as far as like newer people comics that I'm like really interested in now I'm a real big fan of big fan of uh shane gillis uh andrew schultz i really like him um that's interesting that you put yeah, those there, two there's guys there's they, so many that i'm just like
0: wow everything these that, that, that you put uh shane gillis and, and andrew uh schultz in the same sentence is interesting to me because there's a uh, episode of podcast cringe where uh seems to be Shane Gillis was on Andrew Schultz's podcast and really uh kind of not putting them down but making them look foolish and uh they they dissect this whole thing where uh it seemed to be like Shane was uh far more uh, humble and uh, and down-to-earth, and Andrew Schultz was like, like playing up the stardom bit, like, you know, like uh, it's all about image and being phony. And so, so they're two diametrically opposed attitudes towards comedy. And so, and but it's interesting to me that you put them both in the, in the sentence, oh, right next to each other, in a sentence like that. It's a pretty interesting thing. Um, what? How do you, what yeah, do you have the, the opportunity
2: to see? Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, that's right. I was going to say, how, do, how do you, uh, how would you describe what you do? Are you a storyteller? Are you a jokesmith? uh, your material in, in terms of how, how you, I'm do. definitely
2: more of a, a storyteller. Um, I tend to do longer form jokes. I'm trying to get to where, you know, when I do like five minute spots, it's a lot more quick jokes. Um, I feel like I've gotten a lot better at that over the years, but the longer time slots I have, I really feel like I relax more in those. Yeah. Um, This past summer, I had an opportunity to open for a guy named Stuart Thompson in Montgomery, Alabama. And uh, I was doing 20 minutes, which is normal. You know, it's normally longer than the set that I'm normally doing. And uh, it was one of the most relaxed shows I've ever had. Cause once you get over the, the first, you know, three to five minute jitters. Now we're just in the pocket. And, right. you know, I had the opportunity to tell stories that were three, four or five minutes long. And, you know, it just felt like I was hanging out with a group of my friends. So, right. you know, that's one thing that I feel like I'm, I'm more of a, a storyteller comedian. You know, I, I, that, that's where I was going with this. Cause when you're starting out,
0: I don't think you have the time to really uh, invest in a, a story because if you got three minutes in your first time up there, you can, you don't have time to really uh, effectively lay out a funny story and and even five minutes or eight minutes can be difficult with, with that kind of thing. But so most people start with with quicker, uh, quicker jokes, shorter premises and all that kind of stuff. I saw Mark Norman the, uh, a clip from his beginning days and he was he started out with longer format stuff, and now he's like a one-liner kind of guy or two-liner kind of guy. His career has evolved in reverse from everybody else's, which is really interesting. Uh, Norman, you a fan of Norman, Mark Norman? Oh
2: yeah, absolutely. He, he's one of the, the good ones right now. Yeah, and I mean uh, the company well, that he. Got so I mean, one of those
0: guys. What? What are you saying? Where are you
3: guys? Where are you guys hearing about these comedians? Where? How are you getting your information? Are they like somewhere out there? Like
1: uh, you they, hear
0: about them? Well, there's this thing called yeah, Net, you know, Netflix. Netflix. has YouTube. There's a couple of places that you could look. There's a thing called Netflix. It's like fifteen dollars a month or something. YouTube is absolutely free, um, and you can find out about them there. There's lots of play, avenues where you can actually hear about comedians uh, there's a thing called saturday night live and every week they have a host usually that host is a comedian this guy shane gillis that uh taylor was talking about he's going to be hosting How did it.
1: That go? i didn't even watch that no it's the 24th is
3: that live Is that yeah. that live? Yeah. Like, wow okay
0: the thing is they're trying to get him canceled again like and that's really that's troublesome to me i mean cancel culture she's only get one bite at the apple if it doesn't work Give it up, <laughs> but they're trying to—they're trying to rehash him for the same crap that he, whatever they accused him of last time. Um, but that's, that's where you can find out about this community. What are you saying? No, you're gone. You have no audio. Your audio's gone. Ah, now you go break something. Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll wrap things up with Taylor here. So, Taylor, uh, you're performing regularly now. You have a schedule or, or you have a website where people can follow you? I have, uh, you know.
2: Facebook, uh, yeah, Facebook and Instagram is where I primarily like will post any upcoming shows that I have. Um, I don't have anything like official, like a full blown tour, because obviously I don't know if I'd be able to make some of the dates. Um, so I tend to like just put out like one, two shows at a time. If I have a few over a month and I know that I'll be able to make them all, I'll put them out like that. But Um, If anybody's interested in following me wanting to see anything more, just look me up on Instagram. It's at Taylor Dunn Comedy. Um, And the same thing on YouTube and Facebook. Right. Very cool. Uh,
3: Taylor, Taylor, if you have like a gig that you can't make, who is the person that you know that you're like, you know something, I want them to take the spot. Who would you want to have that spot if you couldn't make it? Don't say Willie because he, you know, I
2: know Honestly, it depends be on best friend. It, it just depends on where I am. It happened back in October. I was doing some shows in San Diego, and I actually was producing a show out there. Um, and I put a lot of my old friends from when I was stationed there on the show. <laughs> well, something ended up happening, and I wasn't able to make it. And a buddy of mine, I was like, hey, can you just – Take over as the host and the producer, and the transition was just seamless. Like he was like, "Yeah, no problem." Does
3: that buddy have a name? Does a job? So the show to still went on. Nice
2: all about still got, about got paid. Okay. Never mind. Okay. Go ahead. This yeah. guy's name was Alex. He's in San Diego. He's a great comic and producer. Okay. Yeah
0: uh well we have to move on here thank you for getting up early i didn't realize you were in oklahoma i thought you were in alabama tame time zone so we appreciate you getting up early and being part of the show if there's anything that you have to promote just let me uh drop me a line and we'll we'll try to remember to promote <laughs> this is my biggest problem is remembering where people send me stuff but uh we definitely will uh look forward to some things for you and good luck with your career have a great day thanks for thanks for coming bye for now Taylor Dunn, folks. When we have, we we are already dealing with delay issues with Willie. When we have a guest with with uh, uh, who has delay uh, situation going on, got to be really cognizant to take a breath in between saying stuff, and when they, you know, th- and give them a second to hear and respond. That's that's kind of what we would what I was noticing there. We have to be really uh, on top of that. For some reason, especially when using the phone like that, that's a difficult Difficult thing with getting the echo loop and all that stuff. Um, you know, let's play another commercial now because I do want to uh cater to uh Tracy's dog. I didn't want to take up extra time uh before we were bringing him in because we were already late. But uh, Turbo, not Turbo, they call it to in the commercial. It's really um, it's just a It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare waiting to happen is what it is. You push that red button and you will never be the same. Don't push the red button. See the red button is just like highlighted there. You know, whoa! Look at Willie; he's invisible. Uh, the, the invisible, we'll see. Um, the next uh, comedian that we we're about to uh, have on his name is Donnell Morris, uh, and he's a he's a black gentleman. And it occurred to me last night: we are a black and white comedian show. Uh, very rarely, I can't can't remember the last time we've had an Asian. Comedian on. I can't remember the last time we've had like a Middle Eastern comedian on. I I know I've had him on, but years ago, five years ago, we're generally just white and black. We are, we try to be more diverse. Listen, diversity. We've had women comedians on, we've had trans comedians on, we have men. But as far as races go, we have, uh, well, we did have a Native American comedian. Yeah. 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 So, Native American. But that's the only one in in memory. Other than that, it's pretty much all black and white here. Uh, black we and had
1: white. a Latinos, uh Celia Contreras.
0: Ah, yeah, I forgot about her. You're right. She was very she was very good. The only problem with her was she had the camera like right here. <laughs> like yeah. very close up. Uh and she was very late, so we only got like ten minutes with her or something. Um but yeah. Yeah. But what, what got me thinking about that last night was uh, what, re-watching, uh, and I'm going to say this wrong, Malik el M- Malik el are you guys familiar with him? Was Muslim comedian. Muslim comedian. Um, who's, uh, yeah, okay. I think so. Very, very funny guy. Uh, he's got a bunch of stuff on YouTube. I think he's got a, a Dry Bar or Don't Tell Comedy uh, special. He's got a bunch of stuff, but uh, really funny stuff. And... It's, it's, you know, like you might expect, Muslim-based humor. Basically, uh, talks about, um, you know, going to airports with his... Because he writes down his joke list, and he will save his joke list as a screenshot. But he also has his boarding pass on his phone. And one time he went to hand the TSA his, uh, uh, agent his boarding pass, and he handed it on the phone, and it was his joke list. And his joke list were like, uh, you know, um, suicide bomber hijab. Uh, not seven, you
1: know, yeah, not you of to. Put in their face. <laughs> revenge,
0: revenge against Israel or something like that. Like uh, These are the, just his joke titles. And he's like, e- e- that's just I thought it was funny. Um, but he also talks about try- he was a student in New York City trying to make the subway. And the, the train was leaving. And he's running. At, at, and the doors are closing. Oh, and
1: he threw at- his bag yeah, he threw his bag and yeah. he cut,
0: Yeah, and he spent. Now the train takes off with my bag in it, and I'm like, ah, oh, well, I lost my bag. But then he started to think about it from the perspective of the people in the train, where this sweaty Muslim guy is yeah. yelling, "Hey, throw this bag in <laughs> the subway as it takes off." He's a, imagine on. on the
1: train with it,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine on. So he's a very funny guy. Yeah, I'd I love to that. get him that was on.
1: Really good. That was really good stuff.
0: Yeah, he's he's great. So I would love to get him on. I the program.
1: did. Uh, uh I was talking with Rick Diaz this morning. Um, and hopefully we're gonna get him on the show soon. He's been on Kill Tony. Uh he was actually uh battling Hans Kim for regularship on the Kill Tony podcast. Uh so I'm hoping to get Rick Diaz uh, booked on the show. Uh it's interesting though, because like uh, I sent him the booking calendar and uh and uh if you know any, if you if you're familiar with him at all or whatever, um, uh, he he um he comes off as a bit pretentious or whatever, and so he was like, he was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna fill out the boogie calendar. I'll like you tell me when you want me on. I'll tell you if I'm available. I was like, okay, all right, you know, so sorry, so I'm gonna have to go through that later today. No, I to no. To no, no 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 You Don't have to. No, don't
0: you do not don't do do not do that for. Him. No, tell yeah, him, thanks but no to. thanks. Thanks but no thanks. Uh, if if Brendan Walsh can do it, if uh, if uh, Matt Knudsen can do it, if Erica Rhodes can do it, if Robert Klein can do it, uh, nobody nobody's too good to do it. We don't we don't do that. Uh, you know, I oh, all right. yeah, fuck that. Uh, you know what? He might be a nice guy at the end of it, but at the end of the day, but no, you're not bigger. Than the other stars we've had on here, and we don't we don't, we have worked things to make it simple, and that's the, you know what I came back I got really nasty with a comedian last week in emails like I'm yeah. so I'm so fucking sick of this because you don't follow simple instructions the guy and I said I apologize for 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 the tone here but you got realize my frustration is off the charts with you guys because it's it, it's pretty simple I did this to cut down on the amount of work, not to make more work for myself, going back and forth. Can you make this day? Can you make this time? Can you make this? No, that's too much. If I have to write three emails to you, that's, that's you know, work for me. I don't want that work. I don't need that work. And, and the guy said, I totally understand. I produce shows all the time and go through this. And you're right. And so then he went back and figured it out. But uh, you know what? I would definitely, I'm not going to be... Um, catering to anybody's like special needs, unless they are. Special you know. needs. I will get Bill Cosby. If Bill Cosby wants to get on, come on the show, I will I will throw him some dates and go back and forth with him.
3: But he's also special needs.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. Because I, I want to talk to him about it, if he's really doing any shows. That's what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I did look into that a little bit. He was supposed to tour in 2020. 23, but it got it got it did not happen,
3: like right. That's probably health reasons. He looks kind of sickly right now. He's,
1: he's old. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's like 80.
0: It's that I oh,
3: thought yeah. he was
0: older than that.
1: Yeah, I think he is. So he, can run for, so
3: he can run for president, he just can't do a comedy show. What the fuck that's is He
1: probably could win. I'm just trying uh, I'm, obviously obviously having sex ha, ha, having a history of sexual misconduct doesn't uh <laughs> doesn't disqualify you from being the president of the United States. Well, we're not He's gonna, gonna, gonna one get one
0: we're one not one gonna one one get him anyway, but uh or, or Bill Cosby or Biden or, or or Trump or anybody. We're not gonna get any of those people. But Bill Cosby is eighty six years old. Which is you
3: know, man. I
0: think that's too old to be doing stand up comedy. I, I, especially uh, doing any long time, maybe ten minutes here or there. George
1: but George well, Burns I mean, he's that. Down a lot anyway right? in the sage performances.
0: Well, well, George Burns did up into his eighties, right? But he didn't do he didn't do long form. I saw George Burns somewhere uh, in nineteen eighty three, eighty four. He did ten minutes, uh, and then he sat down and had other people come out and sing and do all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. That's what. I, yeah, you can do ten minutes, fifteen minutes, but you're not doing an hour. You're not doing, um, you're not doing long, long form, you know, Dave Chappelle specials or any of that kind of stuff at eighty six years old, unless you're a Superman. What's that? Boop, beep. Oh, uh, is there a missile coming in? You guys? Um, does somebody
3: know, leave I their r are two deep two running. Their little vibrator flashlight thing.
0: It would yeah, suck if, are you if this No, I'm hearing like a missile coming in.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. The thing about about Kelly Kelly's point about Lewis Black because I love Lewis Black and yeah, I can see some of him. I can see him slowing down now. I thought he
0: said he could. I thought he said he retired for stand up.
3: I don't know. I'm just reading what Kelly wrote.
0: Yeah, I know. I, uh,
3: I, I, I just know really he hasn't been around. I think he's doing
1: one more to tour. He's, Lewis Black is, I, because I was just talking to somebody the other day that's going to be catching him uh, soon. So I think he's doing, this is his last tour that he's doing, at least that he announced that it's like the final tour.
0: Yeah.
3: It's, In a way, uh, it's good because he was starting to become a caricature of himself also because the, the crotchety old man thing, it, it didn't seem as genuine as it used to be. Now, before I could right. believe him as being a crotchety old man, now he's like, I'm a crotchety old man playing a crotchety old man,
0: right? And so he's, he's yeah. 75, yeah. He, he's 75. I think Jackie is 76, I think so. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but yeah, 75, yeah, I would be listen. I, I retired <laughs> not that I was touring a comedian, but I retired at 56 years old, so uh yeah that that was enough for me <laughs> 75 I would definitely be looking at you know just stay home that's what I would do um, I want to say that I put out a uh, flyer PDF flyer for people uh, about this show and we would definitely use some help there's a link all the way at the top of the comments this link here uh, you can click on that link and download the printable version uh, that's an 11 by 17. Uh, 300 dpi high-res version if you can print that out and or, or share it with people i appreciate that uh who is this um
1: what is that morning? qr code but, but yeah i was wondering
0: the qr code goes to uh uh the homepage. page okay it. this looks like uh kamala harris hey boys i'm a comedian i can uh giggle for days uh i need I Need a man to flick my bean. Oh, this is this Kelly? Oh, my God. I have to do it myself now. <laughs> Joey tried, but he's limp. Yo, whammy jammies. Um, <laughs> this is vice president
1: cool. Uh, is this, come, is this the vice president? Of come smell of my hairy puss. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Hey, somebody, hey, just, hey, I think hey, somebody hey. made up this uh YouTube profile just for us today. I think it looks like yeah. vice put. Uh, come and smell of my hairy paws. Uh, probably Mike Shavola. You think? Uh,
1: I mean, maybe, perhaps.
3: And, is he that tech savvy that he knows
0: how to do that? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, but what I was going to say was about it would be a shame if Donnell Morris does not show up now because kind of three
3: month and he's going to make us look bad. That's what it is. He's going to be yeah. all late and shit. All color. Oh, are we
1: time, expecting
0: so. them to be on time? I was. Yeah, uh, just about all. You know, all the guests are here early, and we make them wait in the back room. Either, they're either here early or they don't show up at all. It's very few people come late. Yeah. Um, so anyway, now now we're stuck with uh, going back to uh, what we were talking about earlier, Gilbert.
3: Football.
0: Yeah, Gilbert Godfrey's. Uh, uh, post this morning, and now uh, of course Gilbert is gone, I think his daughter is running his Twitter account, uh, has Jackie Martin, Jackie the Joke May Martling uh, f- featured in a, bun- a a whole montage of Jackie and Gilbert working together with the guy who was hey. from, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a Shakey's Pizza commercial, there was a, um, uh, a the Car 54 Huh? Was that was Michael J. Fox, the Shaky's Pizza? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, the, the dude from Car Fifty Four, the the uh, goofy dude from Car, Car Fifty Four, where are you? He he was a shaky. He, that's the only two thing, two roles that I think he ever had. If he, if I find out his name and look on his IMDb page, probably have Car Fifty Four and Shaky's Pizza. Uh, but so he's featured in this. But they have the Jackie doll. Yeah. The Jackie doll that Jackie told the story about at his Q and A at the screening for the Joke Man movie, where the Jackie doll was kidnapped or stolen, and they were trying to figure out who did it. and pe- And Howard was saying definitely Jackie stole his own doll. And Jackie was adamant he didn't. And then it was Jackie who suggested we get a lie detector test in here. And he would he said I'll go first, and then we'll see who. And uh, the day the uh, lie detector guy was to show up. The doll mysteriously came back. It just appeared back. I think it was Howard that actually stole the doll himself. I don't know. I never got to the bottom of that. But Jackie will be back next Friday. And Jackie has a friend uh, who we booked. He's got an, he's an author of a book about Flip Wilson and... Wait. It's, hold on. Let me let me look it up quick. Uh, the book... Where's the book? Oh. Oh no, it's in my email. Sorry, I'm not gonna get it. Uh but it's a it guy's an author, a comedic author about you know, he writes about all time comedy. Jake, where are you? Uh give me one second. I see if I could no, it's gonna be more than one second. Oh, by the way, uh see Barry Katz is having a Ask Me Anything tonight. Um yes. <sighs> yep. I I popped in there um last Monday and noticed uh lots of people that I knew people who were on this show. Uh, I think that I counted seven or eight of uh, people who were on this show who were in the Barry Katz thing. Not include not counting you two guys. So uh, you know, it's good okay. to see that well, I see
1: <laughs> Robert Taylor there sometimes. I don't think he was there last week, but I see him quite a few like most who? most Mondays I see Robert.
0: Oh, Robert Taylor! I didn't know he was in that. Okay, that's good. Uh, Jake uh, Jake Cattell's book is called Lenny, Flip, and Rickles. I guess it's a '60s comedy book. Lenny is obviously uh, Lenny Bruce, Flip Flip Wilson, and Don Rickles. Now I can't imagine what the uh, the common thread between those three might be. Um, You know, there's a common thread between Lenny uh, Bruce. And a lot of modern day comedians, because Lenny Bruce and Rodney Dangerfield were best friends, and Rodney Rodney's footprint on modern comedy is just tremendous. I mean, if you look, uh, yeah, um, you know, from Jackie to Robert Klein to Andrew Dice Clay, uh, on and on, on and on. Lots of Lenny Clark, lots of those people. Uh, he he kind of uh, gave this start to. Anyway, I uh, guess it's is, funny. You,
3: I don't think that people like because. I think people forget about, well, Henny. I was thinking about, as soon as you started talking, I was starting thinking about Henny Youngman because he did, he did like a whole living. He made like an entire living off of take my wife please things, you know, and, and um, the guy, the other guy you just mentioned, Rodney Dangerfield. Right. Uh, he also, oh, take my wife please, but a lot of his stuff was about my wife is not such a
0: great cook, well, you know, that kind of... Is that, would, is that what you took away from Rodney? Is My wife is not such a great cook? No respect. Yeah, it's no respect, really. Rodney, Rodney was much better. Well, oh, yeah, he
3: also didn't get respect, also. Yeah, that, too.
0: Rod, Rodney Rodney was really good. Now, I don't know how much he actually wrote of his own material. I know he bought jokes from lots of different people. Or lots of people claim they sold Rodney jokes. Uh, Donnell uh, Morris was there, but now he's invisible, so he's the Invisible Man, we'll wait for him to come back to his seat before introducing him.
3: Uh, well, we well, well, invisible, next step would be three-fifths of a comedian, and then he could be all completely
0: on the show. Okay, uh, coming back to what you were saying, like Henny Youngman, um, I don't know if he was all that influential, but nobody matches Rodney for uh, his impact on today's comedy. You, you know, he was the first one to start a comedy club a real just comedy exclusive club in the 60s, uh, Dangerfield, started in 1968. Every time I'm uh, Donnell Morris, he's sitting in his chair, I'm not going to let him get up again. He's a stand-up uh, traveling comedian for 12 years, 20 years of radio broadcasting experience, and he's just living the dream. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, Donnell Morris. Donnell, good morning.
5: Good morning. How are we today? Can you hear me okay?
0: Yeah, yeah, it sounds very good, and there's no delay. <laughs> we like that. Thank you. Uh, where are you located?
5: Uh, right now, I'm calling out of the Bronx. This is oh. my current home base right now, Bronx, New York, baby.
0: All right, so, um, uh, do you performing a lot in Manhattan? Uh, or
5: I do all over. I mean, I just finished a show with the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut.
0: Was that a, a Frank Magallo
5: there?
0: Was that a Frank Magallo produced show? It was, uh, and Frank's been on this program. What do you make of Frank? Do you know Frank personally? I...
5: I know Frank. Me and Frank, we've hung out a couple times. I started, um, at the Mohegan Sun. I think my first show there was November. So that's the first time I met Frank. And a pretty cool dude. He was actually going in for surgery three days later. I had no idea. He had cancer, but now he's cancer-free. Thank God. Wow. Very thank God. Cool, but right? he was still there three days before the surgery to do the show. Yeah, I wasn't and, sure. Um, he was on the
0: program, and I wasn't sure. Because he's known to be a prankster, and he has this history of being a prankster, uh, or at least uh, that was the story he was telling, and I wasn't sure if he was pranking me the whole time he was on here because he was telling stories about um, press conferences where he—I uh, don't know—shar of Iran or something. So uh, he, like he uh, like back in the '70s and '80s, he was doing all these weird kind of press conferences and uh, had a official go out in the Super Bowl. Uh, dressed as a, a referee, and where was a phony uh, Super Bowl uh, ref and all that. Yeah,
1: stuff. that was a great episode.
0: Oh, yeah, but I think <laughs> he. Was, I wasn't sure if any of that was true, or whether he was just pranking me because he kept saying, "You, you could never, your media would never go fall for any of this stuff nowadays." And
5: I'm like, it means me." I mean, because this is media.
0: <laughs> anyway. Um. Uh,
5: yeah, so I was just back there in January, um, and it was a competition this time. And by the good grace of God, I won a competition, so I'll be back there in June hosting. Very cool. Congratulations.
3: Yeah. Congratulations. But I got
5: a lot of cool stuff coming up. I got a show coming up, and um, there's a battle in the desert out in Phoenix, Arizona. Ooh. So I'm going to fly out to that. So, I mean, I'm based in New York. I just moved back home um, to New York about two years ago, because I was in Georgia for 10 years, give or take. Uh, uh, so you did
3: broadcasting. A- where was your broadcasting career?
5: Uh, my broadcasting career started in New York, out in uh, WHBC. That was in Long Island, New York. I worked for Fox, Hot 97, 95.5 PLJ, the original Z Morning Zoo. Um, in Atlanta, I worked on at
3: 1380 WAOK. Now, how did that help Whoa. you with the
5: comedy? <laughs> or did it? Um, honestly, it, it helped me in a weird way because, you know, on radio, FM radio, AM radio, you have to be, especially you know, ten, fifteen years ago. You got to be, have to be a lot cleaner, for it. Right. So it fueled my filth on stage, because I needed an outlet for it. But it also taught me um, business, and it actually gave me a lot of, provided me a lot of business connections over the years. Yeah. I did, started radio before broadcas- I started comedy.
3: When you left broadcasting, did you leave on your own, or were you thrown out? Like, let's say someone who kept dropping the f bomb on. <laughs> Radio.
5: Oh no 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 no! Out. I left on my own accord because I wasn't a comedian on the radio. Okay. On the radio, I was just a producer. Yeah.
0: So oh. I okay.
5: executive produce shows, and I would throw comedy in here or there. They they did call me the HR nightmare because I was in there at least once or twice a week because I'm yeah. going to say something ridiculous.
0: I I can relate um, to that.
5: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you get what you get. You know what you signed up for.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I'm. Looks like you're wearing a MET hat.
5: Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm from yeah. I'm from Flushing, Queens. That's okay, I was, going say, I
0: was gonna say the Bronx. they probably frown upon that a little bit.
5: Uh, oh no, no, no! I got to stay clear away from these Yankees fans. They're delusional. They haven't won <laughs> a championship in 25 years, and they think they're the best.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I get it, man. Listen, I, I was a MET <laughs> fan from 1962 until 2008. <laughs> When they choked for the second year in a row against Philadelphia, and I swore I would never watch another pitch. Uh, I've gone back Well, at least that, you
5: right. got the one championship, though. Yeah.
0: I got two. I got 1969, is that, is and I got 1986. Yeah. Yeah,
5: uh, I'm but, trying to I'm, – I'm still waiting for my first one.
0: Yeah. But I'll well, wait.
5: I'll <laughs> yeah. die.
0: Well – Hopefully someday. But I have gone back now. I go back. I go to City Field a couple of times uh uh my friend who he gets luxury box tickets and all that kind of and stuff. And City I
5: Field think. is really nice.
0: You know what it's about? It's not about baseball. It's about food. Food well, the it's luxury about food. Boxes. The luxury boxes. That's all it is. It's like a banquet. It's like Thanksgiving dinner. Uh well, not, and more.
5: not to get not to get all the way away from the topic here, but I don't know if you've been there recently so where the bullpen is right next to it they have built like this thing underneath it's like all private suites and it's an all-you-can-eat buffet yeah. Yeah. for three hours of the game i'm yeah. like oh yeah. <laughs> I, I had to give
0: up i like i i can't eat another thing like they try to get me to eat more like no i'm in for baseball does anybody care about baseball because
5: um, you're in a food coma right yeah uh, <laughs>
0: exactly uh, so, now Getting back to the comedy, though. Now, um,
1: that's what happened to me yesterday with the Super Bowl.
0: Uh, oh, is that yeah, why? It's another asleep? big food day. Yeah, is that' why you fell asleep because you ate too much.
1: Yeah, my belly got full and I passed
0: out. Yeah. Wow, you're like, you know what? God, you're like,
1: yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I had a couple of drinks. So I was nice and relaxed.
0: This is weird. You're like a, a Godzilla movie. Now we see your lips moving, and, and then the sound oh, comes oh, out oh, like. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I like it.
1: It's nostalgic. Say Godzilla. It, I'm going to leave and come of, back. Being and, being, and that before
0: you do that, say Godzilla.
1: <laughs> say Godzilla. Godzilla. Oh,
0: Godzilla! <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, go leave and come back.
3: Uh, that That's the be of being a diabetic, see, because I, I ate like six chicken six, wings, like, so I just couldn't get full. <laughs> I, I could not get full enough to fall asleep, so... I had to
0: part, you know, so I watched the whole game. Um, uh, Subject-wise, your comedy, what do, what do you talk about? What What kind of things uh, are your uh, favorite things to talk about? You're not a married man, are you?
5: Divorced. <clears throat> so wow. there's plenty to talk about. Oh, yeah,
0: that's good stuff to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, there's,
3: there's no material there. Yeah. Yeah, right. Nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. you so got? What else you got?
5: You know what? I, I delve into a lot of different things. I try and stay away from politics, um, unless it's something really funny, and then I'm going with it. Yeah. Um, but honestly, where I'm at right now, I'm I'm trying to transition to a phase where I've where I get comfortable really talking about my family, because for 12 years my family's always been off limits to me. Why? Um, it was just a personal box for me. My family's very close to me. They're very important to me. I want to protect them. Do they come and, to see your shows? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. That that yeah. would be a reason I would stay away from it. It's just like it's, it's difficult to make some Listen, you could do it in the comfort of your own home and and, and bust somebody's balls or a little bit, but doing it on stage while they can't even give it back to you, that seems like a little – It's it's it will be a little tricky for me, you know,
3: yeah so I, I do it but i in, when i write that kind of material i write it so that in the in the script i know what they would say back to me so i kind of like write it into the script so they are represented and and so I, I
5: represent my kids i'll talk about my kids a little bit i I actually in the middle of writing this joke because i got this competition on the 20th um where it's all about my kids i've decided to break out of that box and you know, as far as my family, F them. Because at the end of the day, nobody's going to be complaining when when I'm rich. Yeah, yeah. You can true. take a little joke with a million in your bank. Are there, is this such thing as a rich comedian? Uh, this. Well, yeah,
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, just just not me. I I think I'm the only. Yeah, I'm not one. am not rich. Well, yeah. technically, I'm not a comedian, so I don't count. Uh but I uh,
5: no. You know what? I know a lot of comedians though, and I went on a cruise maybe two, no, that's, wow, six years ago now. But I got in touch with the, you know, they have the comedy shows on the cruise. And I started talking to some of the guys there. And, uh, yeah, they're making six figures to do cruise ships. Oh, yeah. So comedians are out here getting money. You just gotta... yeah, I was just being silly, but that I, the club, the
0: club people I know, the some of the most successful club people I know. Well, and part of it is they live in New York or LA where the rents are exceedingly crazy, but they're just getting by. I mean, some of some of these people who are extremely successful, touring nationally, headlining nationally, uh, and they don't have a couch <laughs> uh, because uh, again, there are problem. A part of that is. The expense of of traveling around the country, and then the expense of a home having a home base in New York or L.A. can be really expensive. But uh, they're not like killing it, killing it. In the old days, there were more people. If you were successful in comedy, it meant you were uh, successful financially. Now today, we see a lot. I see a lot of people who I know are really successful in comedy. They're in demand. They're working every weekend in some other city. But again, they don't have a couch, or they don't have. Well, a I head have.
5: Head. I have a secret weapon. I have a what secret. I live with my mother, so that works. That's what <laughs> works. <laughs> that's what uh, I mean. I'm going to hold you and lie to you, brother. I moved back yeah. home maybe about two and a half, three years ago, with the traveling right. situation, the finances, the the interest rates. I was looking for a house, but I mean, the way it works out right now, it's easier living with mom
0: right Just, that that um, came up last night in that huh? uh, i was i was watching uh malikas el sal and he, w- he was talking about teachers who said he would never make anything of his life and because he went to a strict muslim school and he said if you are in comedy you are going to starve and he went back to that guy and said oh yeah one thing you didn't figure in i still live with my parents dude my mother feeds me every day she's always cut me fruit to walk into my so
5: <laughs> it's like a cushy prison the yeah. <laughs> meals are paid for, I'm, my health is taken care oh of. My God. God. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, uh, I gotta I'm, say, God. when I was in prison, a lot of times they said your mother doesn't live here. so I I totally get what you're talking about. Like, it was <laughs> a cushy Had prison been she been there with me.
0: Well, let know. me just say my mother did live in prison, so uh there's that.
1: So we're all getting three hots in the cock, great. <laughs> right. Uh <laughs> when when uh when uh when I worked in the print shop, I shit you not our, our prison actually made we made four different uh like postcards that you could send out to people and like they featured different pictures of the prison. And one of them actually was a, what a wish lovely you were momentum here postcard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, guys love sending that thing out to motherfuckers. They send that out to like co-defendants and
0: Shit. All yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so, Will, you. were
5: you really in prison, or is this is this shtick? Oh, tell him. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I did ten years in prison. Four. Oh. For? Okay, I'm not gonna ask for what because I don't know if the if the court uh, papers robbed, the ink is dry yet. I
1: robbed a flower shop. Yeah, no, a, a right. what I, shop? I, I, uh, <laughs> you really robbed a what robbed shop? A flower <laughs> shop. <'cause> then, <laughs> a, a flower shop. Yeah, you I know I took a good time out what of my day. Thinking, who <laughs> robs a barber shop? That's exactly what I was thinking, bro. Who robs a flower shop? Like they're never going to see that coming, you know. Uh, he he had his thing for days. daisies, but you got it going. Wait a minute, when they noticed. Really, it was. He wasn't even going for the cash. He was just going for daisies. Yeah.
5: But you got ten years for daisies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually interesting that you bring that up, because because. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, so my uh, I, I had a cellmate that was actually from New York, and uh, and he said, you know, in New York, they don't laugh you out of the fucking courtroom, like, well, you would <laughs> That's yeah, bad. no, that would have been fun. Parker,
0: Wait, can we clear something up, though? Didn't you get, like, 18 years? You only did 10 years? Is that Wasn't that the case? Uh,
1: yeah, no. It,
5: it,
0: You're locking up again. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh,
5: I think it was just in time.
0: Yeah, it was just in time. was another
5: charge added on. Yeah. Is that me buffering?
0: Yeah, you, you made your connection worse by going out and coming back. You want to try one more time? Will? Well, you hear me well? Well. Will can you hear me well? No.
5: Maybe his minutes ran out, you know, in yeah. those prison phones.
0: You gotta you gotta he did so much. Well, if you're listening, you gotta reboot. Anyway, we're here with uh Darnell Mars now. darnese Uh is that do you go by that when uh <laughs> Darnyzifide? Is that your stay's name when he call you up by that or
5: I l- I literally just changed everything to Darnell Morris comedy maybe maybe three days ago because it just became a situation where it was like nobody can spell it. So nobody can find me. So I was like, all right, let me just make it simple. But, I mean, for that was like that's the energy. That's the energy that I, I bring when I come outside. Like anytime if we ever get a chance to meet in person at a, at a club or whatever, I'm very high energy. Yeah. So when you get Darnell, you get darn easy fight.
0: I, I like it. I like it. Now, people must be stupid, and they are stupid, because I know from my calendar booking thing that it's so many people can't handle uh, understanding Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, uh, all week long last week. But all I had to do was uh, uh, Google uh, Darnell Morris, comedian, and it came right up. Uh, So, (laughs) thank God, I'm
5: doing something. Uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, people get confused easily. I want to
5: know about GD Fenderson. What? What is his? What do you go by? What name do you go by?
3: GD Fenderson.
5: Oh, okay. What's (laughs) your story, brother? I, I don't know. He just threw me on here because you said you're not a comedian.
3: No, I'm a certified forensic humorist.
5: A certified forensic humorist. Humorist. That's a lot of
0: possibilities there, yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. part of this, and I've never really, I don't think I've addressed this with him. Is the forensic part suggests uh, taking up because forensics is about taking apart and analyzing it and breaking it down to its final part so you can create uh, the t- tale of what happened. But I don't see a lot of that, you know. You're not, you're not being, you never uh, watch my material, <laughs> I see your material all the time on the show.
3: No, you see me on this show, which is not the same as my comedy routine. You, this is—you see the way I interact with you and, and Willie. You don't see the way I interact with an audience or my material with,
0: with other comedians. So. You're not—you're not being forensic about their. Like, be forensic about. Uh, you about that. Aren't you the
3: one that told me, uh, why are you researching so much about these people? Why are you going to do that? That's, so that's, that's not
0: th- research, is not forensics. Res- <laughs>
3: forensics yeah, technically, is now, technically, te- technically, the, the now I'm I'm using, uh, for example, another if you have a thesaurus, a certified is another word for genuine, a forensic is another word for rhetorical, and humorous is another word for funny guy. So yeah, gen, genuine rhetorical funny guy. If if you if you break out your, but I don't expect people to break it down their their, their source when you know it's just the title that I earned after I made it up. Plain Forensic
0: t- is relating to or de- <laughs> uh, denoting the application <laughs> of scientific methods or techniques in the investigation.
3: Yeah, oh, I yes. don't know why I
5: went straight to necrophilia.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> See,
5: that is, that is also
0: another one. You took one His look at him baby. and you said, Yeah, this guy's a necrophile. I yeah, that's
5: not. it. Yeah, that looks like he fits he the regular MO.
0: Look, Will sad because yeah. he's all on delay. Willie, can you hear us? Willie? No, he's on delay. Anyway, he's just there now. Willie's function is just to be here and. and
3: he's breaking up. He's he's
0: pixelating.
1: He's gone, he's gone, Max Headroom on us. To hear Vincent. B. Like, I'm not even doing full sentences on that. Anymore. Try
0: rebooting your computer. You know,
1: my wife is up now and she's like streaming television and stuff like that. So,
3: well, it's
1: a if, try moving your hat yeah.
3: to the left, okay. try twisting your hat around.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. here's what you do try com- rebooting your computer altogether. And if we're still here when you get back, we'll still You're be awful. here when you get back. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, Donnell, if you could tell this by just looking at him, but uh, GD is a black man. I don't know if you could tell that by looking at him. Uh, I,
5: and, did, I, I noticed it in the beginning, I thought that was weird, I thought I was gonna be the only one. Oh, no, we have we have plenty of yeah, black comedians on, but uh, none of them
0: are uh, see race in every little aspect of life or every sentence that you say, like GD does. He makes uh uh, a, a racial observation, you could talk about anything. You can bring up anything, literally any subject, and he will find race in it. Uh,
5: uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem like you agree, GD.
3: Well, I, I don't, but that's just the way white people talk.
5: <laughs> well, for the, I walked right into the middle of a race war. Great. <laughs> No no, no,
3: no, 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 no. No, there's no. It's way. not a. It's I, I, not, no, I love Matt. I love Matt and his all of this.
5: Yeah. Well, because
0: this is Black History Month. Last week, or well, on the f- February first, I brought that up, <laughs> and then he started doing a step and it voice for the entire hour. Uh, and, and two hours his,
3: and fifteen minutes. Oh, two <laughs> hours and
0: fifteen minutes. Yeah,
3: Only I because forgot. My wife. My That's wife dedication. Reminded me of it. My yeah. wife reminded me of it. Yeah, and I'd have done it for the whole month if you hadn't sent me a message telling me not to. I was ready to go for the whole month. I was ready to go step and fish one day, and then kingfish next day, and then
5: no. And you got an extra day this month. You got an extra day this year to do it. Right.
3: Oh yeah, I was going. I was going down every black stereotype. I had like one a day, which is only twenty one shows or something for February. But give us
5: a test, Willie. No, he's still (laughs) South Dakota. Is Willie your sound engineer?
0: No. Willie is a uh, – he's in South Dakota where they don't – they need Starlink or something. They definitely – they're they're a little bit That's a good
5: question, though. (laughs) Where is everybody right now? I'm in New York.
0: I'm in New York. I'm I'm out on Long Island in Shoreham. Okay. uh, Way out there. Yeah, GD's in Maryland, which is – I don't know. He's right on the Mason-Dixon line.
3: Right. Now, what what is your voting district? Can you vote? I mean, the, 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 there's a special election going on right now in District Three. What district are you in? He's, now? he's
0: in the Bronx, that, District District is Long Island. Yeah. yeah. He,
3: okay. I look, you know, I, I'm only I'm only um, related to politics in New York.
0: I you think know, AOC is and, his congressperson, right? AOC you know, is AOC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so. You know, we do,
5: actually have her center is like maybe four or five blocks from here. She has a special. Center.
0: I want to get her oh, yeah, on the program. I, I've been trying to get her on the program for two years. Uh you know, it's it's a difficult I can thing. make a call. Make a I call. might be able to help you out. Uh the reason I brought up the the racial thing is because uh Shane Gillis, who is uh set to host uh Saturday Night Live, was fired from there. For, and called a racist. And and basically, that was the reason they they fired him originally. Now they have him back as a host. He, he never even made it on the show because he was too much of a racist to be on the show. And now they have him back. Do you think that he's not a racist anymore or that being successful means being a, a racist? It doesn't matter if you're a
5: racist, as long as you're I missed, successful. I missed the name. Who was the name? Shane Gillis. Uh who knows anymore, man? As long yeah. as they don't have Michael Richards on there, I'm cool. Yeah, but maybe I mean, they
3: have, maybe, maybe they're going to have him apologize as part of his. Maybe it's part of his apology. Maybe arc. you know, ah. you know, like he's going, to he's going to do like four, a four minute apology thing, and then insult somebody at the end of that. I don't,
0: do think, I don't, think I don't think he's ever going to. If he was going to apologize, it would have happened five years ago, and he he basically dug himself. He said, "You know, I am who I am. I'm not going to change." But he's, he's, you know, he contends he's not a racist. Basically, uh, he was making jokes, and jokes uh, sometimes can be interpreted. You know, people can say what they want about them, but it, your, your intent is not uh, necessarily uh, what somebody else sa- says it is. So, just because you, you're making jokes doesn't mean it's. Uh, I, know
5: right. they, I know they. I know they say there's a fine line, you know, between too far and. Not too far or over the line, rather.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I would they, say you brought up Michael Richards. There's no, and I know he tried to. No, deny that, that's it.
5: off the. That's yeah. That's he jumped way, off the top way, way yeah. over the line. Yeah, yeah. No, that, no, was, no, like, that was just a tyrannical racist rant. That, um. Yeah. <laughs> but as far that was, as people going over the line, man, as far in my comedy particularly, you asked me what type of comedy I do, it's that over the line. It is. Edgy. I want to bring you right there, and it doesn't have to be necessarily dirty, but I'm going to make you think now, about something.
3: Now, now how edgy? Because, like, for example, I do some stuff about my mom being raped. So, <laughs> my last show, I <laughs> opened
5: this. I opened the set with um, a joke about dead babies.
3: Uh, about actually killing, is. huh? Yours or
5: someone else's? An ex-girlfriend of mine.
3: Oh, okay. Fetuses?
5: Like abortions? Or were they like... Uh, no, like... I was trying to describe how ugly her son was. And what I <laughs> said was, if the, if the baby died from baby shaking syndrome and you filled him with cement, you could put him on top of a city building to scare away pigeons. Um, so that's how I started the show. Because I like to see where we're at with the audience and see what I can get them to right. laugh at. And then, if but if I can get you on something like that, doesn't have to be that joke, right off the bat, because it's always going to be something right off the top that's going to be like, whoa, right? They yeah, yeah, it, yeah like a, like a test balloon. balloon, like, right. like a test right. right. balloon, right? Okay. So either yeah. I have you, if I get you to laugh at that, the show is mine, and there's no worries. Yeah. If it's not, then you know I switch it up. But I, I have fifteen, twenty sets for each occasion, so it's not a hard transition at this point in my career. Yeah, probably six years yeah, ago, that would idea. have been. I would have okay. probably just walked off stage. I
0: love the idea of being able to brand yourself as that, so that people expect that from. Like I've been watching uh, Anthony Jeselnik uh, a lot lately, and he, he, every time he starts a joke, people have a, in the back of their mind oh, this is going someplace very dark. I don't know where it's going, but I know the end is going to be something that is going to be objectionable to most people on planet Earth, but I'm going to think it's really funny because he builds up that brand. But then you have, you're kind of uh, limiting, not limiting your audience, but choosing the people who who, who appreciate your comedy as these dark motherfuckers, so these people who are just like, really. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, my, my thing is this. A few years ago when this whole... Uh, cancel culture started you and we're canceling this person we're canceling that person number one I don't believe in canceling anybody Um, so I'm not canceling R. Kelly I'm not canceling Bill Cosby because it's only black people that cancel black people (laughs) so until I will bring up the race thing until I see Elvis starting to get canceled until I see all of these racist old white sitcoms start to get canceled I'm not canceling anybody in this notion that's been put in there that we should be able to cancel our own, but no other culture does this. So let's just stop that. I can separate the person from the music. Now to answer that question, so many comedians were being just like pushed to the side and thrown away and thrown out because all the comedy that you've enjoyed for the last five or 10 years didn't mean anything because we got sensitive. And there was one joke that maybe you didn't agree with. So now they're off and they're out. And we're all supposed to forget about them. These people have families. They have lives, they have careers. This isn't just, oh, you know, I'm gonna go out and tell a a penis joke, you know, and try and, you know, we have bills. So once that cancel culture started, I said, the only thing this is gonna do, I saw an opportunity here. I said, the only thing this is gonna do is push comedians to go darker. And eventually they're going to need an outlet to, and it will be received Wonderfully, because that's what comedy is. That's what it was. That was satire. So right. I actually am working on a project now. Um, hopefully, it'll be out here in this De- in i um, sorry, December, October, and it's a show uh, called The Dirty Circus, and it's going to be a dark comedy show, circus themed. And uh, you know, I've rented out the theater. it's, it's very ambitious. Wow, good for you! We were talking
0: about a little bit about that uh, before with with our previous guests. In that the uh, the risk you take in producing something like that you got you put up all the money to rent out the theater and all that kind of stuff. You got to be pretty confident you're going to get your return on it. Then, right? I mean,
5: well, here's the thing: I feel like for that particular show, 750 people is a lot of people. Oof. It's a lot harder than you know it might sound. Um. I ex- I'm going into this expecting to lose a couple thousand dollars Wow um, and I'm okay with that because I feel like as far as the return as you were speaking about once that video comes out and now we can pitch that video and now we can make that the goal is maybe ten years from now I can see this as one of going right in with the comedy festivals you know what I'm saying Where it will come a cult event but Okay. For this first year, I know I'm going to lose money. If if right. I don't, it'll be a miracle, and I'll be so thankful. But I i don't mind losing the money if I'm giving you the product that I want to give you. Yeah, that's a if good if attitude have to, to have. If I have to start shortchanging and nickel and diamond here and there, then I'm out. I don't mind losing the money. Yeah. I'm wanting to make sure that everybody walks in like any show I do. I like to go above and right. beyond. I want to make sure you li- you leave there. And whether the tickets are 20 bucks or fifty bucks, whatever the cost, I want you to leave there feeling like you had a show.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
5: Speaking of shows, we have I've to long, say goodbye. Be- be-
0: before you say long. that Bye. before uh, right. speaking of shows, we have to say goodbye to Governors Comedy Clubs right now. Governor's Comedy Clubs is uh we're on there every day. We'll be on there tomorrow. Check us out. Governor's Comedy Clubs in Levittown, Belmore, and Bohemia, Long Island. Uh, now you can say whatever you were going to say, JD. I'm sorry.
3: Oh, so I'm I I do. I have the same philosophy. As far as if I'm if I'm putting on the show that I want to put on, I'm willing to lose money if it's a show I want to put on. You know, because it yeah. that represents what I want to put out there. Now, I, I the other thing I was going to mention is the because you're talking about the show that you're about to produce. The I was it was after an open mic and myself and four other comics, and we were talking about the um. The, the abuse our parents, you know, the fist fights, physical fist fights, you know, that our parents used to have. And so okay. we were like cracking each other up talking about domestic violence. I mean we were just like rolling, like talking about, you know, like like I remember my, my father you know looked my my mother, sorry, my mother had hit my mother was very, very light. Light, bright, damn near white, red bone. My father was dark, but not not Wesley Snipes dark, but You know, you would lose him at dusk, maybe, but not, he's not that dark, but dark enough that he and my mother got into a fight and he hit my mother and my mother had like a bruise on her face and my mother had punched him back. And my mother and and my father says, woman, stop, you know, look at you, look what's going on here. And my mother says, I know you have a black eye. You're just too black for me to see it. So... (laughs) <laughs> that so so we were talking we were talking stories like that and and we were like rap, cracking up about but this is all domestic abuse and we said you know we do a show like this and then we realized it's all so how hard it would be to do a whole show where the theme is domestic abuse and, and not just you know it's like yeah you know, we we're talking about the ass whoopings our parents gave each other
0: yeah uh, I don't it think was that's the marketing. an, was an hour long show.
3: Yeah, yeah, we're going to get a 90 minute show. See, and, and the idea
5: and that's the not a is, show, that's we'll, a PSA for violence. Yeah.
3: That's what I'm saying. See, the, the whole problem came down. To, we, we, had, we had faith in how funny the show would be, but we didn't have faith in the marketing strategy.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, you mentioned the video part of it, and this is the. Um, Something I've noticed recently, I got to be really careful so people don't know I'm insulting them because I am insulting them. That um, I've seen a lot, lot of specials in the last six to eight months where the content is great, the comedian is great, but the video work is uh, less than amateur. It's real shaky cameras, different lighting on different cameras, bad editing, and all that kind of stuff. With uh, what you're doing at this theater, are you uh, hiring a independent like?
5: That is uh, that video? is the biggest expense next to the actual theater. That that, that because that's what it, that's where it's at for me. Right. I don't know if I'm gonna have 750 people there, so if I got to spend a couple grand on a camera crew, because uh, for me I'm thinking about a five camera shoot, so we have a couple mobile, a couple stationary, because we know I have an idea of where the show starts, where it ends. Um, yeah, but no, I, I'm not gonna spare any expense on that because that's if I walk away without if I walk away losing five thousand dollars in great video, I'm cool with that. If I walk away losing five six thousand dollars and no video, you're gonna see about me on the news. Right? Yeah. No, I I get <laughs> oh, that.
3: I, I had that. I had that. I, I mean, I just want to show you something real quick, uh, if I can. I, if you, I don't know if you can. Can you see that?
0: That yeah. looks like an am- am- Amplify. What okay. is
3: it? That is my old computer. I invested a couple thousand dollars producing a, a show. A couple thousand nice dollars pump. producing a 90-minute a show. And all of the data, all of the video, all of the sound was in that computer. And one of the heads crashed. And I could barely, I could, oh, look at that face, yes, yes. And I could retrieve, I could only retrieve like 70% <laughs> of the show. Uh, the, the Audio was like, I, it took be me, I mean, I did, I, I couldn't sell it. Yeah, I have it on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's not the show that I paid to produce because no. 30% of it is garbled up. And the reason why I still have the computer because i took it to a forensics place and they fixed it and he said look here's the deal we replaced the bad head the bad head but some of the sectors are really bad you're never going to retrieve that data but you can probably turn on your computer one more time and and get and download everything that you can from it but okay but i don't know but you know but one more you're like you may have like one maybe two times you can start up that computer but you're not going to get all the stuff, you know. I retrieved as much as I can, and I produced the the best video I could from it. But it's, it's, you know, I know what you're man, saying. Man, that it hurts.
5: hurts. That hurts. Yeah, I had this. Hurts. I had this one show, man. It was so dope. Um, there was nobody there. I didn't care about that though. It was, it was nah. about the entrance. Like I had Nas, one mic, smoke machine blowing down out the ceiling, and I just needed that snippet. And I asked the guy. He said. My uh, SD card was corrupted and I was like,
6: oh, But yeah. this
5: is why for a pro for a job of this magnitude, this isn't something like I got a lot of buddies, they're like, Oh, I could do it. No, I'm not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. What I'll, about I'll, I have buddies that will work really good in really good positions, but for something this important, no, I need a professional, I need samples, I need interviews, like I need to, I need that to be on point. What about for the editing editing
0: oh. thing? Because um, Stanhope has uh, got a special coming out now. And uh, when he was looking for it, he wanted to ha- make sure that the editor he hired uh, was was experienced and familiar with comedy. Do you think that's important that, from the editing standpoint to have uh, somebody who knows comedy? or is, Because I think... The editor's job is to make sure it technically flows, that there's nothing disconcerting for the audience that, that reminds them that they're watching a television show, that it flows naturally, technically. The comedian put out the the great content. It's his job to, to be funny. But from that point, once it's in post, I think it's really more of a technical job. What do you, What's your uh, take on it the, for the editing thing? Do you need, um, need it to be a comedian to do the editing?
5: I I don't think it needs to be a comedian, but I definitely see the benefit of it. I I see the there's a tremendous benefit to having a comedian that is an editor because, I mean, you're looking at it from a one-show perspective, but you got to branch it out. We're on, you know, whether it's a podcast or anything, or if if you're doing a show in a city and you need a snippet from that show, having the comedian editor would be able to, Highlight single out focus on a snippet that is clean and it works. So, in that aspect, I can see that comedic He would want some of that, but in general, no, really, just an okay. editor is an editor, you should be sitting there with them anyway,
3: right? At now, at some point, at, the- to
5: at least give them, you know, okay, well, I'd like this, let's let's take that out, right? Yeah, let's yeah. take this out. But does he have to no, be a comedian? My, no, because most comedians aren't editors.
3: Yeah. My 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 first my first ninety minute special that I had recorded, the editing was done by the, the production was done, actually done by an independent film company where they produced independent movies. You no know, produced okay. know it so and they and they actually had like a, a, an award for independent movies and stuff like that. So and I got to see some of their work. So they did the they did the, the shoot. The um, the and the editing. As a matter of fact, the editing they started without me. They started, they said to me, "We're going to start the editing on Monday," but they actually started on Saturday. So when okay. I got there on Monday, when I got there Monday, they said, "Oh, here's the deal. You uh, want to you want a ninety minute special, but you have a two hour twenty minute show. So we're going to have to figure out what you want to cut out." That's when they that's when they wanted me. It's like you have too much. No, it was it was just my it was my ninety minute show. Not like we had a yeah. bunch of other comedians to cut out. So I had to cut out like twenty minutes of actually. Yeah, about twenty minutes of the material. Yeah, it was two hours and ten minutes. So I had to cut out twenty minutes to make it a ninety minute um, show.
5: But, it, but did it DVD. seem smooth? The transitions were smooth. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. Like so I picked the I picked the twenty minutes, and okay. so. Yeah, well, whatever. I don't know if it's twenty minutes or not, but it's whatever.
5: But they did quality work, though. Oh yeah. I, I think ninety
3: minutes is too
0: long for a comedy special. I really do. It's, I mean,
3: yeah. So <laughs> young people can watch well, a Marvel think,
0: movie for three hours.
3: It depends on how the, the thing things Most like the audience didn't even feel like it was 90, you know, over two, uh, uh, over ninety minutes because that's the reason why I know this. because when open with, they were all applauding and still wanted more. Like, that's li- that's live,
0: know? but we are being conditioned daily uh, by TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, you name it. Instagram. Three minutes. Three minutes is yeah. long. Usually on YouTube, 60 seconds shorts.
5: Well, hey, let, then, let me and, ask you something uh, about that, though. With the other comedians that were there, how long was the show in its entirety?
3: No, there were no other comedians. It was just me. It was my thing, 90 minutes of me.
5: Okay. Because I'm thinking yeah, you had uh, openers, because I was at, um, and this is by yeah, I don't, no well, way. I,
3: I, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead.
5: Uh, this is by no way, in disrespect to Cat Williams, but I went to see a Cat Williams show. This was some years ago out in Atlanta, and I mean, he had three or four openers, and then Cat came out, but by the time Cat came out, we're an hour and a half, two hours into this thing. And, I mean, half of the place left, because there is a time limit on comedy. I like to say right. 90 minutes or less. You know, people don't want to sit down and listen to jokes for three hours, I don't think. And I'm a comedian, but right. I know I don't want to sit down and listen for three hours. Um, right, yeah. And if it is going to be three hours, it's got to be the best three hours that they've ever lived through. In my yeah, opinion.
3: It has to be some kind of psychological thing, because time takes a toll on your ass. Even if you're laughing, time takes a toll. You know yeah. so yeah I, my 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 premise was that most people are conditioned to watch a 90-minute show 90-minute movie or whatever i can do a 90-minute show that's entertaining and then by that time it's like a movie you know and that's how i yeah. do my shows my comedies are not just me doing stand-up they're more like shows the the problem i had, with but each month each one of my three 90 minute shows something went wrong that you don't know about like i told you like the computer there was a crash so we had to put it back together from snippets. The, the first one, they did this, the mics for the audience. You know, they mic the audience before the audience got there and in a quiet studio, in a quiet um, pub. And then but once everybody got there and the air conditioning came on, turns out that the air conditioning was like right next to the microphones, which they would have known... You know if the air conditioning had been running had no, been and, on. They, and nobody nobody fucking caught it until we're like now we're editing we're listening to the audience so is like what is this
5: and <laughs> yeah, man let me tell you some that's how I learned a lot through comedy man and through performances because before comedy I did um unsigned artist concerts um okay. but so much of it was just trial and error and I mean I'm I'm thankful that I've learned so much throughout the years, but God, I wish there was just somebody there to be like, this yeah. is what you want to look for. I could save you about yeah. six years. Yeah, uh,
3: that's the big thing. I like so the, the shows that I've done. I, like I said, I've, I've only been doing comedy for like nine and a half years. Okay, now I was yeah. in a band. Now, I'm not like Matt, because Matt's been like in a functional band. I was like a non-functional, non-money-making band. But I learned all these things about producing. That I wish someone could have just saved me the trouble and just taught me. You know, because with the comedy, it's like every show, something was wrong. And I said, damn, I learned something new. And it only cost me $4,000. <laughs> I learned something new. That lesson but, was only
5: $3,000. But let me tell uh, you something it taught me something, it, it built a structure in me. So even down to um, school, Okay, so I have three college degrees. I have my associates, my bachelor's and my MBA. And my MBA is in marketing. I bring this up okay. because I remember one day being my ex wife were having an argument and she was like, What the f did you even get the degrees for? You still ain't making nothing. I said <laughs> I said, Wait a minute. I said, You assumed I went to get that degree to go get a job in marketing. And she just looked at me crazy. She says, So then why did you go to school? I said, I went to school for marketing so I didn't have to pay somebody else for something that I could learn myself. And thank yeah. you, Joe Biden. I don't care if you like him or don't like him. He's my favorite. $103,000 in student loans. Poof! Wow. So, I mean, I got a wealth of an education and um, for free. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, good for you. You know
0: what? Uh, I'm one of these uh, older people who got student loans and paid them. But a lot of people like uh, from my era are crotchety about this. I paid off my way. I'm all for a free uh, college. I think, you know what? We need more educated people. And it's it's just, it's a money mill. If we look at what college education is, it's just, it's insane that it should not.
5: But it's a a poor, uh, it's a Negro mentality. Like, I hate to put it like that, but it's a Negro mentality. Like, it's, it's, and I'm saying Negro, not for black, because I, I don't want to say the hard ER <laughs> or the A at the end, but it's a hood mentality because you have a money mill here um, with these schools. And I mean, really, I, I don't know how this isn't a Ponzi scheme, but okay. Yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> no. But if school was free and you invested, and now you have the best and the brightest that, that can now go to school. Maybe that is the kid in the hood. Well, make that we don't want the best youth? and brightest. We would make so
0: much more than the school system. Yeah, we don't want best and brightest. If we have best and brightest, nobody's going to go fight the wars. No, that's but, a fact. That's the, that's the truth. That's I mean. Y'all can
5: stop running those and commercials cheap, now. And, yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> and, and create
3: the cheap labor force that they need as well.
0: Right. Uh, We are brought to you by U.S. Army. Be all you can be. Oh, no. I'm not. not (laughs) I
5: was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, We have to say goodbye to PBM TV. Here's the thing, PBM TV, and I should have done this at the start of the show today. Tomorrow I'm going to do this. I want somebody to call live to prove that those 500 600 people who are supposedly watching on PBM TV are real people in that bots. I'm gonna put out the phone number tomorrow I want somebody to call from there to verify that those are real people because we are getting no response from PBM TV it's nice having you here if there's anybody there really listening to this but we're saying goodbye to PBM TV for today we'll see you tomorrow uh that's not really a nice way to say goodbye to them is it it's kind of rude but I don't I'm not sure. <laughs> How long have they been with us, C.D.? Like four months now or something? And
3: I honestly don't know. I'm I I, I I'm terrible at keeping track of things like that.
0: But, yeah, no response. Every day we put it out there, and not, not one person has responded. Yet it looks like we have an average between 500 and 700 people daily watching this thing. And I'm like, are they all dead, or are they all just, like, have us on and not listening? What the hell's going on over there? I'm very frustrated with PBM TV.
3: Donald <laughs> well, not a lot of take this the wrong the, the wrong way, and if you do, fuck you. But uh, no, I'm no, but I actually I like talking to you. I find you very interesting. Yeah, and I don't find most comedians interesting. I, I I find most comedians boring, and mainly because I like people that can do things that I can't do, or do what I can do in a better way, you know, or 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 at least have be able to have an intelligent conversation about it. And I find you interesting enough that I could you know talk to you you know, for like quite some time and, and be interested. And so well, thank you. I, I feel
5: like I'm a person first. Yeah. So Yeah. And I wanna yeah. ask you about that 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 uh plaque you got in the back there. What's that for?
3: Is that on my teeth? That the plaque No not that, that,
5: plaque? that plaque, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other plaque over there on the wall.
0: It's not a gold know. record, that's just his disc. He's showing you his yeah. disc. It's got yeah. a little
5: disc. Oh
3: okay. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I used to play in a band back in the, in the years years decades ago and that's my CD. That's a, that's one that's the first CD, well, one of the first CDs, out of the, one of the first 30 CDs cuz they like they come out in boxes of 30. Yeah. And so the first box that came off the line, I grabbed that CD out of the front. But of course that could have been the 30th CD or the first. I don't know, well, but that's
5: You do, you, you just say it's the first, brother
3: right i said it's the first and and i got all the people that perform all the band members to sign it and that's the, and what i did was when i took that i took the first four out and i had all of us sign each each of us, each of us have like okay. one copy that's all of us assigned and then that's the first ten dollars from the because the cds were ten dollars that's the first ten dollar sale and, you know, so that's what that is. That's just a commemoration of my attempt to be Can, can I share musician. something with
5: you?
3: Uh, no, no, we're out of time. No, I'm <laughs> sure. Go, ahead. Yeah. Go, ahead. Go ahead.
0: Hold on. Go stay ahead. right there. Go I'm not
3: well, going well,
0: while he's doing that, uh, I have my he first MP3. My first MP3 is he here. Him. Oh. Ah. So, All right.
5: so this is... That's so dope. This is the first three dollars I ever made in comedy. Wow! Uh, hey, wow! But I, all at the yeah. same time, or was that three different nights? <laughs> no, no, no. It was all the same night. Thank God. <laughs> but I no. always, so that, always was keep that. Your, that, was people, that
3: your total pay? Was that your total yes.
5: pay, or was that the three that you took? You know what? I was, I was actually somebody had invited me. They, they found out I was a comedian, and they was like, "Yo, come on, come out to this club. I hold this room." So actually, I wasn't getting paid at all. And then I did the jokes, and somebody gave me a $3 tip. And oh, okay. so I said, I'm never going to forget this moment. So I said, I put those $3 to the side. And I said, listen, I can always look back at this. Because I'm big on I'm big on journeys. Like, I'm big on the story. Right. Even with people, yes. my friends, I'm invested into this story. And I always want to remember where my story began.
3: Right. Home, very cool. Very know. cool. Now, I, I'm not going to lie. That ten, that $10 almost didn't stay in there because at one point in my life, time was so hard. Right. And, I didn't <laughs> gas money, and I was staring at that thing going, I could take it. And I thought to myself, no, I, I will get the gas money somewhere else. I'm not taking that $10 out. I'm leaving it.
5: No, you don't I, think I, there's I been times was- I looked at that $3, brother? <laughs>
3: And that's all. That's all I was going to ask you. Is like uh, times if you're like, you like, know, look at that three dollars and go like, God damn it, that's a gallon and a half of gas or whatever. Man,
5: like, let me tell sack. you something. You know when I felt really good though when gas went up to like eight bucks, and I said this three dollars <laughs> is safe. It's safe here. <laughs> <laughs> you can't buy me anything anyway.
0: Right. Uh, You guys are making me feel really uh, inadequate here. Or all besides because my first, if if I had my first music thing back there, it would be a 45 that sold for uh, 95 cents. So. (laughs) Oh, do you you still have a copy? I I do. Somewhere I have a copy. I have nothing to play it on. I
3: was my question. Can you play it on anything?
0: No, but I have my first. I have my first MP3 right here. You see it that's my first mp3 did you ever
5: did you ever have to use the old dat tapes
0: oh yeah yeah I, I had DAT deck so you know I was the first guy who ran out and bought a dat uh, deck when they first came out and started recording uh mastering to those they didn't last very long
5: when uh, I it, started out on radio they they well the girl who who was training me miss Jamie Travada, we've become really great friends family now you know 20 years later um, but when I first got there, you know, it's a high turnover rate at college com- uh, college uh, radio stations because everybody thinks yeah, it's I cool, and then those. the actual work yeah. gets there.
6: Right. So they
5: would tell us things to deter us. So I was like, man, how do I record my show? I just got my first show on 90.3 FM at Nassau Community College. And the girl says, mind you, CDs are out now. Cassettes are out now. She says, the only way we can record it is if you get a DAT tape. And then you got to get a DAT player. And you can record it on that. So she was just messing with me. But by the next week I came in there, I had the DAT player. I had the tapes. <laughs> I was ready to go. And she was like, you're really serious about this. I was like, one thing about me, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Or I'm just not going to do it at all. So I said, no, I'm fully invested. And I was. I heard you guys talking earlier. I want to ask you about that. Because the reason I got into radio was Howard Stern. And I believe you guys were talking a little Stern talk before I got on here.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. was uh, an AM radio guy with a talk show when, when Stern was still on AM radio and was called a, a Stern wannabe. So that is kind of a, a thing I've carried with me my whole life. Jackie Martling is a regular on the program. He, he'll he be here next week, but he's always uh, – he's here like every other
6: week. Oh, Jackie the Joke Man? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, he's he, still making he, that joke machine? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
5: I so, mean,
3: the hotline, the phone line,
5: that's still yeah. there. Yeah.
0: Well, 92 he had the he
5: had the hotline, but he also had the Jackie joke machine at one point. Right. He's, that he he has used to it. sell.
0: Yeah. He still has. He doesn't sell them. He basically he uh he will give them away. Maybe once in a while he does some sales for him, but <laughs> he uh, gives away a, a a box full of goodies to a lot of people and all that stuff. Books and yeah, and big Howard books, man.
5: Stern fan. Now, my mom used to, my mom used to listen to Howard before I went to uh, high school, so that's how I got into that. So once I got into college, realized I wasn't going to be in the NBA because uh, I stink, and so I said, "What that's else true. do I really like?" And Howard Stern had only been the one constant thing that I had heard, that I was like, "This is interesting. This is fun. This is something I want to do, and I think this is something I'd be good at." So I've been listening to him from um, the Jackie Martin years to the Artie Lang years till. Whatever abyss they're in now, yeah, because um, I don't think they have any comedian on the show now,
0: right? Uh, there was something uh, the dark, This is what YouTube is uh, this uh, recommending. I have to check it out the dark and disturbing downfall of Howard Stern. I'm going to have to check that out. It's a uh, just uh, put it posted onto YouTube uh, three days ago. Um, interesting, because I don't. He's still doing his radio show. He's, it's just a yeah. very different. He's growing. You know, we got old. Everybody gets old. It happens. But
5: yeah, uh, he got. old. I mean, listen. He wasn't going to be uh, the shock jock forever. He right. has changed his. Uh, we run out of brawler. things he's to shock. More,
0: huh? We run out of. Th- there's nothing left to shock anybody about. I mean, if you look at the world and the timeline we live in right now, the world is so frigging crazy that there is nothing that could happen that I would be shocked by. Nothing.
3: <laughs> I mean, after those uh, aliens, what, where were they what in if Miami? Somebody, what if somebody, let's say, had a drill, and they had a drill into somebody's penis to widen it? You know, now nah, let me tell television. you something,
5: because I was on a sex website the other day, one of those romantic depot shits, right? So I'm sure this is some white people invention, because I can't see black people using this shit, but it's a thing, it goes into your penis hole. And it expands it so you could... I was like, what is happening right now? I just want to have regular sex. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the regular thing back.
0: Yeah. Uh,
3: but, but 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 based on science, if you widen a hole, the stream is weakened because it's like, it's like if you have a garden hose. If you run a garden hose without anything over it, it just comes like this, blah, 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 blah. but if you put your finger over it and narrow the force, narrow the hole, then the force is like tripled, and you know, and then it really hits you harder. So why would you want to widen the hole that like knocks down, you know, on the force and it hits? You know, you can't bang, bang, bang. It's like trickle.
5: I don't understand. You didn't tell me I was going to wind up on the registered sex offenders list after the show. Right. I yeah, just came here never. for good old comedy. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, we are. Uh, we do kind of. You didn't check the fine print. See, we, we no, that's my that. fault.
0: <laughs> that is a wanted poster behind me back there. Uh, that should have gave it away. Uh, what we're all about here is uh, getting people arrested. Um, and we have a guy on who, who was uh, did 10 years for Robin Daisies. So, I mean, there's that. Uh,
5: and I have, I have one more question because you had mentioned something. And I actually just heard about this or just found out about this the other day. Um, Governor's Club, it's a comedy club that, was I guess a comedy, they had a bunch of venues out in Long Island. I literally just heard about this for the first time last week.
0: What what about it? Uh, Governor's has three clubs here on Long Island. We are on Governor's Radio. Uh, uh, Let me, you know what, I didn't bring that up. There's three clubs. The main club is in Levittown. It was actually started by Jackie Martling. The the club itself was, uh, uh, Jackie was doing, uh, You know, he was the first guy to go in there and say, we could do a comedy night in here. Uh, and it's been running since the 80s. But now they have Maguire's, uh, which is out in Bohemia. Same same uh, format as Governor's. It even has Governor's branding on it. And uh, the brokerage in Belmore, which used to be a jazz club, which is now a comedy club. And uh, national headliners in there every weekend, basically. So, uh, yeah, uh, we, we could definitely hook you up with the people who book. The, the thing is with them, and uh, I'm affiliated with them, but – Trying to produce shows there, they this is what they want me to do. They want me to take full responsibility for the financials of the night and then recoup profit out of it. So it's like that's not the way it works in the music business. I book a, a show there; at least club owners will work with me on that. Like, yeah, I can make some financial investment, but put me on the hook for all of it is a da- dangerous thing. So that, that's my own. Yeah,
5: idea. I mean, and I've seen. A- because I'm not just a comedian. That's You know, one of the things that made me really successful in Atlanta as a comedian was being a New Yorker. And it was just going down south, and I just move quicker. Like, we're in a rush. We got things to do. And that mentality doesn't change because you're down south. Right. So, right. you know, I was doing four or five shows a night or whatever. But in the interim, with people, a lot of comedians miss out on is the business aspect of it. Yes, you should be funny. Yes, you need to be funny. However, in the reality of the situation, it's probably more important that you get butts and seats.
0: Right. Yeah.
5: And because that's what that club is looking for. Right. You know, you can go up there and stink, but if the club is sold out, you're gonna get an invite back. Now, I don't recommend that. I say, you know, do both. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But that business aspect is lost on, I would say sadly, twelve years, I would say ninety percent of comedians. The constant struggle is,
0: is artist versus business person and, and and putting both together. I mean, that, in my uh, uh, 45 years of experience in show business, or even more than that, really, uh, the biggest challenge for people is they're either too much of an artist or too much of a business person. Uh, no, Not a lot of people find the right balance between both to, to be able to be a very good... Uh, a, artist whatever that art happens to be and a business person and match them together. So I think most artists need to partner up with somebody to right. run their business for.
5: Absolutely. I think I, I think you should do as much as you can on your own, you know, because obviously it is a money thing. And learn as much as you can and don't just be a sponge. Go out there and learn everything that you can listen more than you talk. I mean I see there I've sat there with I was there with Monique uh, sitting down with Lunel, but you have these big time comedians who have, have been not, not because they're a big name, forget it, I don't care about that, but they put in a body of right. work. Yeah. 20 years, 30 years, and you're so busy, a lot of young comedians, you're so busy sitting there talking. I said, just stop. I said, because this is a chance where you can probably get more valuable, honest, direct, straight from the horse's mouth information in five minutes. Than you'd ever get in ten minutes asking your stupid questions. Right. So ask your questions, but get that information first and learn the business. And it's not for everybody. Let's be honest here. It's not for everybody. Comedy and business. It's not. And for me, I balance it out as best as I can. I'm pretty good on both fronts, but even that is to a level. So I have help. Right. You know, because there are, especially with all this social media. People will try and book you through TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, email, text message. And now I have to coordinate all of this, still be funny. By the way, I still have two children, you know, so it becomes a lot. Right. So don't be ashamed to go and get help. Learn as much as you can.
0: How old are your kids?
5: Uh, my little one just turned five in December. That's Chipmunk, uh, Milan. And my oldest okay. one, she'll be turning 10 in May. April.
3: Wow.
6: Okay, April. well, the 10-year-old
5: can you. help
3: you with the social media right there. You got child labor right there. <laughs> the 10-year-old can handle the social media, though. The 5-year-old, he just needs to be brought up to speed. He'll be, by the time he's 7, he, he'll be, you you got it made. What the fuck are you complaining about? You got a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old. Son of uh, a bitch.
5: I said, you know. I tell a joke that's not a joke, you know, because for the long time I had two little girls. So yeah. and they're very pretty. And uh, yes, because they're, time mine, because they're pretty.
0: We have we have to wrap things up, Donnell. It's been a pleasure to have you here, and you're welcome back anytime. Uh, we uh, uh, GD likes you, I like you, I think you're a great guy to talk to and great guy uh, to get to know. We have I have a, another club out here, uh, Sticks and Stones, which is out in the Hamptons. I'm affiliated with. There's probably some chance that I can get you in, in there, uh, but definitely uh, I will definitely come to see you anytime I can or in the New York area. I appreciate you getting up and being part of the show, and do come back sometime. Uh, let thank me just you ask so much. It.
5: July 20th, Gotham City. Check me out.
0: Right. you know, sorry, Darn- February 20th, Gotham City. You, you said um, darnese uh, fight did, did you just change that? Or, yes, or is Darnell
5: that... Morris Comedy on everything.
0: Okay. I will find that and put those links in the description. So uh, I I'm, don't know that this one is still working, but we'll we'll, we'll
5: do what we Gentlemen, can. Gentlemen, thank Letting... you so much.
0: Thanks. Have a great day. Bye for too. Now. Uh too. Darnell Morris, folks. It's Darnell Morris Comedy on all the social media now. I will put that in the description. I blew that. I don't know. May, maybe he changed it after I put it already in the, uh, uh, created the buckets for it. Yeah,
3: he said it's only been like two or three days that he changed it.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's that's the show for today. Um, I did want to uh, talk about what was going on at the stand, uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow, if time allows. Uh, what's going on at the stand is they're kind of a strike. It's a comedy club that has showcases, but not the comedians. The staff and all the other people there are going on strike. They're being treated unfairly, they say. And but I'm just wondering how bad.
3: <laughs> if they're being treated unfairly, just imagine how bad the comedians are being treated. <laughs> you know,
0: it's interesting because there are headlining comedians. The night I was there, and I know you're not going to know, you know, Janine Gar- Garofalo. Uh, you have I to, love uh, her. At least uh, I used to. Yeah. But she was on the bill. Mark Norman was on the sh- uh, bill. Josh Johnson was on the bill. Uh, Joe List was on the bill. Nine people of very good stature on the bill in that night. They all did like 15 minutes. It's a showcase thing. But I, I can't imagine they're all getting treated fairly. Uh, for what they're worth on on that kind of thing. It's a showcase type of uh, place. So I do think they're probably mean. taking advantage of comedians and their names and that good. So but it'd be interesting to see how uh, if that creates a ripple effect in New York City about people who work in a comedy clubs and getting getting a shaft anyway. Uh, we have to go. Uh, I have some things to do. I have a, a, a meeting at 2 o'clock, a business meeting with you and Will. Hopefully, Will will be able to get on today. If not, uh, we might we might not get him for that. But you know what I'm talking about today. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. All right. So, I'm, so, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. All right. Get out of my room. I'm, I'm getting off the air now so we can do that. Get prepared for that. All right. All see right. you later. Bye, right, man. Alright, that's the show for t- today. I know we went a little long. Uh, Donnell Morris was a very interesting guy. and We kept him a little longer than we normally would keep people, but it's time to go now. Don't forget to turn on your radio, and we'll see you tomorrow. Brendan Walsh will be here tomorrow. Ron Kane in the morning, uh, first hour, and then Brendan Walsh in the second hour. It's going to be a great show. So tune in then. Bye for now.